I should have grabbed one of those. Be- one of- and I got me root beer beer. Those are nasty. They are? All right. Well, I'll I, try they're not very good. I'll root beer beer? Hey, I can't have regular beer, so. You gotta have baby beer that tastes like root beer. Like Drink root your beer. root beer beer while playing Total War Warhammer. <laughs> I get Mega it. Man. Mega Man and roll. Thank you. Yeah, yep. Uh, yeah. Got they it. always say if you have to explain the joke, it's way more funny. Yeah, yeah. I think, <laughs> I I think Bojack so Horseman has special about that, where it's like, okay, I can explain it, I can explain it here. You see, because I'm a horse, and there's like five pages. Flip. Flip. Boom. Stop, drop, and kick a can. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you can kick a can. That's such a great. That's such a great Kickstarter. Oh my god! It's gonna be over soon. The game's gonna come out, and nobody's gonna give a shit. Yeah, basically. Is that, I just want. I just want the book closed. I just want it done. Like we finished. Yeah. It, 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 um, Itagaki. Or, I don't know. I was gonna say Inafune isn't gonna fade away. Like it's okay. We're done. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like if Tim Schafer can still have a career after being as monumental a fuck up as he's been. <laughs> Oh, I don't see why Inafune. I want to like all these people so much, but they can't handle money. No, not at all. I love so much. Oh my god. Yeah, don't worry. Inafune's got more stuff in the pipeline. Yeah, he's got no more. St- he's got more stuff in the can. <laughs> god damn it! So everybody, welcome to the Soxcast episode forty-six. I am your really dumb host, Polly. And before I get into introductions. Going to throw out a couple of things here at the start, just so you guys are aware. Firstly, most importantly, thanks to our good pal Rock Grumbler. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play Music. Just search for the SoxCast there. You can also still just regularly subscribe to the RSS feed on SoxMakePeopleSexy.net slash SoxCast. And, of course, you know, the episodes are always there for you to grab uh, whenever you want. Second order of business is I'll be having some crazy laser eyeball prodding surgery and stuff done on june 1st our next episode is scheduled to record on sometime around the third uh and i don't know if that will happen it just kind of depends so you know like we may either delay that episode a week or we may just skip it and just you know wait another two weeks to do an episode Uh, i'm really hoping you're crazy high on drugs at that point and you go ahead and record the podcast anyway but you know that'd be great but i don't think they usually prescribe too many great drugs after laser eye surgery Uh, I was thinking it was like removal surgery, so you're going to be doped up on like painkillers. No, we're going to try some laser stuff first, and if that doesn't work, then I'm just going to be like, yo, take it out of my Ah, head. that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. she's installed, installing technology one. Yeah, I'm still yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, like when I get it completely removed, that's when I'm getting Tech X thrown in. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the good shit. <laughs> All right. You get to keep your tear damage. It's great. It's great. <laughs> 
to my immediate virtual right. He is going to inevitably ruin this episode of the podcast at some point. Just stay tuned to find out when. It's Rhett. I'm the sweet baby brother. You just... I really thought that one was gonna. That was me. I forgot that. I forgot the order, the direction that where we're. Sitting. Hey, it's not your turn to ruin the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like John, you've ruined enough podcasts. Okay, like like Rhett's got to have one under his belt at some point. Rhett, I got some good news for you. Okay. <laughs> the good news is I'm not going to talk about your penis this episode. Oh, good. We'll talk about it next time it pops up. Whoa! I think it, <laughs> I, think, I think it just achieves Zen. Hang on, we're not going to talk about the thing. Oh man, see what I see what I did there though. Yes, ne- I, I next gotcha. time it next time it I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Okay, okay, okay. Just just if I, if I ever need to achieve true tranquility, I will just think about not talking about Rhett's penis. It's good. It's good. I, I think that's that's video Rhett linked me earlier today. Oh my! My God! Oh dear! Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, it was the thing about outer space and how like galaxies are drifting apart and so eventually we could ever possibly go reach other galactic clusters so we're actually limited to a very small portion of the universe you guys are really really just trying to you're trying to tank our listenership like crazy i knew like it's like john you're still ruining this episode stop it let red have optimism gone (laughs) to my immediate virtual left he gets crazy like Prozac. He's hype enough to start a party and nearly have a heart attack. It's John Thayer. Hi. How's it going, John? Doing really well. John, give me some good news. You're ready for a podcast. I'm so ready for this podcast. That's awesome. I, I don't have tea. Wait. So Anna is going to the store to get me half and half so that I can make my tea. All right. Wait, okay, it was called. We've successfully called it. Yep, I told you, this is how these things go. Like, you know, he always sits down at his computer and says, all right, guys, I'll be right back. I need one more thing. Yeah. So we're gonna, we're just going to let John do that live while we're recording. Like, I'm not even going to make it an edit point. Like, if John wants to go get tea, he can interrupt the podcast and get tea. She's going to make me tea. She's, she, um, she bought half and half earlier today and then left it on the table and it, for eight hours. Oh. Yeah. So now, now she's going to buy that. She, she's actually really sweet, and I really appreciate it. I can't be, like, mean, fake mean for even a second. You are so whipped. <laughs> but she's going all the way out to the store at, like, 9.30. It's really sweet. You're still whipped. Yes. Yeah, very, very. I find that comment very, very suspect, however. Suspicious. Suspect, suspicious. It's the <laughs> same thing. Hey, you know what? It's Friday. I don't have to pay. I don't have to pay very much attention to my words, but I do have to pay attention to our special guest. He is a very infamous social justice warrior. Oh my God! And, you know, it's pro- and, and uh, um, I, I, we've known the guy for years. Uh, we we actually did some cross site promotion way back in the day with some Metroid Other M reviews, which well, that was that was that was good times. Oh. That was good. Oh, that was one of my first exposure, first things on the site. Yeah. I'm sure it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that uh, site no longer exists. And that site uh, no longer exists. It is gone. It is poofed into the ether, much like many a project do when they are internet bound. I tried to start a video game website in the late 2000s. It did not go well. Who could have thought? I started one, and I don't think it did very well. I think it's just like I tricked enough people into clicking a link. <laughs> it's just all in the title. People it's really, it. all you got to do is just keep paying the hosting eventually. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I do like I do like the trapdoor spider method of running a website where you're just like, surprise, I made you click it, and they go, God damn it. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's what, that's what uh, I have all those Pat articles for. It's just like, you know, he's the only one that ever did anything worth a damn for the site. So people, people just come for the the Final Fantasy articles and those, those still get stupid traffic. It is. <laughs> well, it is amazing how every single time I talk to somebody, sometimes they'll just mention it casually. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that one time where I was reading this one article. I, God, I forget where it was. Sock something. And, like, they're talking about how they're, um, <laughs> all, the entire creative team of Final Fantasy VIII is getting high talking about how many witches are in it. And I'm like... <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> I've read, but you... God, I think the only thing I ever managed to do was piss off Star Fox fans when I reviewed Star Fox Assault, and I hated it. That's well, the only. That's my. To. Exactly, but they apparently were very, very upset that I, I did not my like. Name. Yeah. Oh, you're the Mirai. Thank you. There we go. Uh. I just realized. <laughs> Listen to this guy. He comes on my show and trying to tell me how to run my own show now. Like, I've not hosted 45 of these fucking things already. You're getting, you getting a little big for your social justice warrior britches there, Mariah. Am I? Look, we have to give credit where it's due and set everything in the proper order. And I'm the, I know what I'm talking about. You just have to listen to me. It's that simple. <laughs> I do okay on the fitting the persona there. Just You're doing, you're doing well. Okay. Doing well. Make, making sure my reputation is kept. It, it, yeah, it, proce- it precedes you. So... So, so who are you and what do you do? Welcome to uh, a wonderful... I don't know what I do anymore, but at this point, apparently, I write porn. Uh, that's going pretty well for me. That works. Um, and beyond that, I just hang out on Twitter and chat with Polly and the rest. And yeah, I think we've been kicking around as friends for forever. But I'm also, in addition to being the social justice warrior infamous of the net, I'm also a huge recluse. And I don't really do stuff very actively. And so my friends are like, hey, let's hang out. I was like, I'd rather just sit and stare at my monitor. Can I just can I just can I just sit and stare at my monitor and yell at gamer gators instead? Oh, I I cut back on that. Now I pretty much play Hearthstone. No, but like I'm pushing myself to get out more and do more shit. So like a couple weeks ago, I played Arkham Horror with my friends, and so I'm just going around. But yeah, I don't really quote unquote do a whole lot. Well, hopefully, have done something by the end of the year. Hey, you found the right crowd. You don't quote unquote do much. Fucking, we don't either. Yeah. What do you do? Uh, I got a podcast. I'm sitting there like shit, making something up, make something up, make something up. Uh, what, what did I do? What did I do? Um, cool, cool. Um, so I guess, hey, let's just jump right into it. What the hell have you been up to? You as in the last guy who talked? Uh, you as in guy named Mirai. Can do. So, uh... I think it was, like, uh, last week when I was just kicking around uh, with my mom. I think it was Mother's Day, like, two weeks ago. And I was hanging out with my family, and she was like, well, I'm getting divorced, so you need to start getting rid of some of your shit. And I was like, okay. And I went back and I dug up a whole bunch of crap that basically nobody wanted except for me. Mm -hmm. And I think my favorite of that was just this box I opened up, and it had a bunch of cards in it. And I started flipping through, and I was like, oh, I have Pokemon cards. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, well... I got rid of all my magic cards. Let's see what I can do to get rid of these. And it's hilarious looking through them because I found so much dumb crap. I think my favorite was like all of these like holographic first promo- promotional Pokemon first movie cards. And I'm like, oh, well, I wonder if that's worth anything. Yeah, three dollars. Oh, shit. I, had but I don't ac- I don't actually care because I basically am like, OK, well, I'll just send it to somebody who wanted <laughs> them. <Ooh. laughs> I don't think the dog approves of these Pokemon cards or our practices with them. Okay, okay, I'll keep them, dog. I'm sorry. Jeez. 
You see, John's house is a very Pokemon forward thinking happy house and everybody there loves Pokemon. Like seriously. Anna actually has bought like a booster pack of Pokemon cards like every time she's gone to Walmart in the last year. Not every time. Like every other. <laughs> Alright. It's pretty great though. And they've marathoned like the entire anime like at least fourteen times by now. <laughs> just the first like six seasons. I was gonna say, isn't that like a thousand episodes of anime? Like that's that's pretty hardcore. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> they make they make her happy. Hey, I I got nothing against that. I mean, I, how many times have I watched Daredevil season one? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But yeah, um, the other funny thing is that I basically spent yesterday, uh, last night, like opening up the box. I was like, all right, well, let's go through this. Tons of baseball cards. I don't know how the hell got in here. Uh, but I think my favorite is that I found two separate things that make me laugh. Both of them, uh, I was talking about this on Twitter if you follow me, but like both of them are just like, we want to make money. We have this franchise. Let's just take screen caps of it and then print cards of it. One of them is Dragon Ball Z and the other one is uh, Phantom Menace. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, those yeah. are, like, the worst. I remember there being, like, comics. Like, there were X-Men comics back in the day that mm. took that took stills from the animated series and they like, just made an entire <laughs> comic book out of that. And this one is an awful, awful set of card games. And, like, I remember reading the rules on it and, like, you even have to monitor your power levels for the Dragon Ball Z game. Oh. Like... And it's like I have I think it's like this big plastic fake little Z thing that has a little uh, icon on it or a little like um, like a little slit in the side. And you put that over a piece of your card so you can monitor how far up your power level goes. Mm -hmm. And like there's also like different stuff. And my favorite is the fact that all of the things that are involved with this, they assign colors to them because they don't know what to do. And like some of them are even numerically named. So it's like I have trunks sword position four and like blue confusion and like black finger block and it's just straight up string caps from the anime like oh they, they, it's the laziest shit <laughs> in the universe it's so fucking dumb and then the only thing worse than that is the uh star wars like young jedi game which is like literally i'm looking at it and it's like this is concept art and just stills from phantom menace like the worst one ouch and it makes me laugh so fucking hard because some of them are hollow foil and well, it's, that's how you know they're worth a lot of money, though. Exactly. They're definitely worth a lot to no one and nowhere. You're going to get at least 23 cents out of that. <laughs> the entire that, collection, I mean. I, not, not one card. I mean, like, the entire collection. The, the main problem with selling cards that you have to actually have people who are willing to pay for it. Mm -hmm. the, the Pokemon cards, though, are pretty cool because it's one of those things where they actually put some time into them. So I'm looking over some of these cards, and it actually has, like, really good art from the original artist's. Right. So I, I see like all these Japanese names rather than just it just literally being a still. Uh -huh. But I think my favorite thing that I picked up uh, and I posted this a few weeks ago was um, I found a rolled up uh, poster and I unfurled it and it's an original 1984 He-Man poster. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Oh, man. He-Man is so fucking dumb. Like I forget I mean, how listen, his name is fucking He Man. I, I mean, know, but but it's... also you look at it and you're oh. like, oh. Oh, just got that? I just got that. Yeah. But, like, I look at the poster and I'm like, this is the stupidest shit in the world. I cannot fucking believe how dumb this is. Like, you've got, like, He-Man riding a panther and he's wielding a sword. And then there's a guy next to him in full, like, Star Trek battle armor holding a blaster rifle. And I'm like, oh. And then I found out, like, you know, a couple of years ago I found out that it was clearly Kenner 
passed yeah. on Star Wars and then said, oh shit, make something like Star Wars. And I was just like, yeah, that makes sense because this is so fucking stupid. They took every mold they could and said, they're all in one universe. It'll totally catch on. It's it. It'll make sense. Just just do it. It doesn't matter. D- kids are dumb. They'll want and buy anything. There's probably this kid named Mirai. He'll be like, <laughs> "I want a He-Man poster, mommy." Oh man, it, I'm so glad that it wasn't me. I got into Transformers. And I was like, "No, thank you." But then I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, "Oh man, I really like kitschy old shit from 30 years ago, and this is actually from 30 years ago." So yeah, I I kept it and I framed it. I'm gonna figure out what to do with it. But, I could uh, never get over just how dumb of a name He Man is. It's so stupid and like, and then if you really think about it, Skeletor ain't much worse because it's just it, it, like it's not much better, you know. And, and then like, there's guys Man at Arms, and it's like okay, that's not as bad, but it's just like the. All the names are fucking stupid. It's Castle so like, Grayskull. Yeah, it's so clearly like we're making this for kids. Kids are stupid. Just make whatever. They sound poorly translated. <laughs> I never... Yeah, they kind of do. Yeah, there's that element of sort of bad English going on in kind a way. Kind of stiltedness. But it's still like an actual domestic production. Yeah, it, it, it sounds like somebody ran it through Google Translate and said, fine, it works. They're dumb kids. Granted, okay. I mean, that's how I would approach creating anything. I think that that would be hilarious if it was done with some level of intentionality, though. That's a good point. Yeah. And I imagine, like, if somebody tried to make He-Man today, it would basically just turn into Venture Brothers. I think they did do a He-Man reboot uh, a oh, they few tried. years ago. They tried real hard. Everybody seemed to like that Thundercats reboot they did, and then they never renewed it after season one. Yeah. Yeah, I heard great things, and I was like, well, then, are they moving on with it? And they were like, well, too expensive, shut it down. And not to get into news, but... Yeah. Give Tim and Eric more money! <laughs> yeah, the only other thing I can say that I did was I watched Deadpool yesterday, which I was... I feel bad for missing out on, but yeah, that was... I enjoyed it. Uh, a couple of things funny. I thought were... A couple of things I thought were kind of uncool. A couple of shitty jokes here and there, but it's you know it's a joke a minute, and they gave they gave Deadpool more pathos than I was expecting from a comic book movie rated R. But yeah, yeah, yeah. they did such a good job with it, and I like the fact that they didn't do the thing that I kind of expected at this point, which is like he wasn't Deadpool. Oh, he's Deadpool now, you know, and like make the full transition. And no, Deadpool is already Deadpool, and the movie starts like in the flashback sequences. It's just you have to get to a certain point when he turns into you know. Messed up skin, mutant power, assassin, red clothes. Right, right. I, I still think my favorite part of the whole movie was just the entire like montage sequence in the middle with the Deadpool rap because it's so gloriously stupid. <laughs> and he's riding the fucking Zamboni and he's like laughing and <clears throat> just inching behind the guy who's dragging himself away. and uh, So fucking good. And then the little line, which I feel like... It's one of those jokes. I feel like you know you joked about my social warriorship, but like I'm I'm just self aware enough to find this hilarious. Where he like throws the girl against the wall and is like, "Oh my god, is it more sexist to hit you or not to hit you?" And he cocks a gun and he's like, "I just don't." It's so confusing. And then it cuts away, and I'm oh like, and I'm like, that is a joke made for me. <laughs> That's actually so, pretty good. It's so good. Yeah, like there was a couple of jokes. I was like, okay, you didn't need to do that. Not cool, but. The rest of it, really, really good. 
Yeah, yeah, I've heard I've heard similar things. Like it's definitely something that I'm probably gonna check out at some point. It definitely seems like it's got like the right kind of humor. Like I've I was expecting them to like basically Seth MacFarlane the yeah. entire yes, thing. Exactly. And I think that even uh, I think it was Red Letter Media even said it got a little too pop culture referency at times, like right. a little too much, like winking, winking. But then you t- take the jokes where it's like you know I don't want to spoil too many of the jokes if you haven't seen it, but like making specific jokes and references to the current film universes that they do and don't exist in. Yeah, that like that shit's actually pretty funny because I imagine anybody that's not up on their quote unquote. Marvel movie canon are probably just as fucking confused. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is a confusing thing, and you think, like, yeah, it is. Thank you. I never... Yeah, it is confusing. (laughs) Deadpool is especially weird because it's not in the X-Men universe, but it kind of sort of is now. Well, it's one of those things like Netflix. It's like Netflix Marvel where they say it is, but it isn't actually, you know? It's one of those weird things where it's like, yeah, they'll, they'll reference, oh, yeah, Man of Iron throwing a hammer around and, like, battle for new york but if they ever actually say oh yeah avengers then like then it creates this whole thing about like daddy daddy can i see deadpool okay son sure and then just cut to like a drill going through the punisher's foot and you know bullets going everywhere and like okay i maybe i made a huge mistake i think they only ever ever made one rated r punisher movie and it was in the 1980s was that the dolph lundgren one yep no they made another one called punisher Warzone. i don't think that that was rated r though no, it uh, definitely think, was. Yeah, I was going to say no. That, it uh, definitely War, was. Warzone like, starts with Punisher stabbing a knife through a dude's head and blood goes everywhere. So. Okay, see, that, that, that would probably yes. get you an R. It is I, so I, violent. Like, so I, gloriously violent. I kind of have like this very positive impression of the second Punisher movie in my brain from just being in a theater and it just being like this spectacle. Well, wait, are you talking about um, Thomas Jane Punisher? Um, Punisher Warzone. I don't okay, know that, anything. That's the third one, though. You said second, so I just wanted to make sure. Uh, there's... Th- what? All right, but they're all separate actors and universes, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Dolph Lundgren in the 80s, Thomas Jane in the early 2000s, and uh, Punisher Warzone is... Um, funny enough, the, the guy who played is... Uh, pl- ended up playing Volstagg in Thor, which is really funny to imagine. Like, the, it's the same character. Like, Punisher eventually got, like, knighted and sent to the Thor universe, and now he's like a big happy-go-lucky knight. That's real dumb. Yep. Uh, I was going to say... John one Travolta, th- he was the villain in the <laughs> bad 2004 one, right? Yeah, and, and Thomas Jane was the uh, was the uh, Punisher. No, I was talking about Warzone. Yeah, oh the, my god. We, saw, we caught the end of the, of the John Travolta one. It's pretty yeah, yeah. bad. It right? is. Okay. I, I actually I joked about this on Twitter a while ago, but like, uh, my favorite thing about that movie is I was working at a video store at the time. So like the entire trailer in my head, I can just play the entire thing because in the oh, background, God. I was just constantly listening to trailers. And it was like that and Spider-Man 2 are the only ones I remember because I like comic books just enough. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just thinking in the back of my head, they can't kill me. I'm already dead. Let the bodies. And just oh, no. and it's, it's so fucking <laughs> gloriously awful. Like I said, I got the whole thing loop. John Travolta, Thomas J. Just it's, it's really bad. The only other thing I was gonna say about Deadpool is that um, my wife really appreciated this because she heard a lot of the scuttlebutt on the uh, internet about it first. And one of the things she heard is like, oh, you know, they're making fun of like uh, tragedy and like all this horrible violence inflicted to them. And then you actually see the scene, and it, both of us are kind of like, huh, this is two people who are like fucked up and have horrible lives, and they're making fun of themselves and joking about it. Like, you know, 
real people do. Like, that's not fucked up. That's just therapy that you don't yeah. have to pay for. Exactly. It's it's a, two people who are coming together over the fact that, like, yeah, we have shitty lives. They're yep. funny. That's pretty it's, awesome. Oh, uh, it's yeah, it's I think it's it was really, really surprising. And apparently everyone agreed because it was like the number one R-rated movie of all time. <laughs> and I've got to say, like, I know that I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I absolutely loved like the 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 marketing for that movie. Oh, like, God, that's not, fucking not the romantic. Tra- yeah, like the uh, the way, so like not the trailers or anything, but like just like the billboards and all of the weird shit that they were doing in real life. Or that the, that shit yeah. was so good. The poo the, emoji, the fucking romantic comedy <laughs> poster. Yeah, the romantic comedy poster was surprisingly accurate. I think. Yeah, I was really surprised. It actually is kind of a love story, and it's like, like I said, it's all that stuff I was talking about, where it's like you know, two people coming together over their mutual trauma, and then just happens to be Deadpool. And one guy happens to get flung against a billboard sign at high, top speed and turn into a pancake. <laughs> it's yeah, it's really fun. And it was a little better about the um, romantic comedy marketing, kind of justifiably, I think, because Hollywood hasn't really been making a lot of actual romantic comedies lately, or R-rated anything. Yeah. Yeah, she just like Trainwreck was like the closest thing, and that movie was pretty. Just. Mm-hmm. I, I think it still counts. Yeah, it counts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> now that we, now that we have something like Deadpool, I wonder if like people will n- notice like, oh wait, people like this romantic, funny sort of thing in this context. Like, are we gonna get a romantic comedy superhero movie? Because that'd be fucking weird. They are like, doing Ant Man and the Wasp, so maybe that. Oh yeah, they. Oh, I would like, love that. Man, that uh, I really hope that that's exactly what it is. It'd be so good. Ugh. Ants and wasps going <laughs> married. What is this country coming to? We need to make it great again. That's from like the sixties, but you know. I, I do like Tom video games, right? Yeah. <laughs> Those Resident, even exist. Resident Evil Four. There you go. Yeah. Okay, Actually, um, the final thing I'll mention is that I picked up a Surface because I wanted to try and make an office space for myself. And my original plan was I'll get a low, like uh, low-powered Surface because there's like a four, and I got a Pro Two, mm-hmm. and it's it's a really nice piece of hardware. But I bought it mostly so I can just stick it into the other room, and so that way my wife won't keep on grabbing the iPad from me, and I won't keep on stealing it from her. Yeah. Um. So you now we've got our own tablets. And we watch videos on them and do shit. But like. I had this moment where I loaded up uh, the iPad and I put Steam on there, just hoping, like, eh, maybe I can get FTL to run. I can't. Like, eh, that's okay. <laughs> but um, I had my computer on at the time, and I picked up the tablet, uh, my new Surface, and I started messing around with it, and I launched Steam on X. I was like, oh, well, that's weird. And then all of the games I already had installed on my PC popped up, and I was like, huh? And I went over to it, and it says Stream, and I was like, yep wait a minute. And I went over, and I got my 360 controller and plugged it in, and it's just like Resident Evil 4, and I'm like, oh, no. Does this actually work? Like, like, how is the performance of that, like, the streaming kind of thing, though, to your tablet? Uh, don't play Dark Souls. Don't play fighting games. Resident Evil 4 is doable, but, like, for the most part, it's fine. Like, it looks really good. It ends up performing just fine. And I was like, oh, this went from a work computer to a toy. God damn it. I imagine uh, I imagine some of those end-game uh, quick-time events and that Krauser fight not going to be possible. Uh, they're not that bad, but it's one of those things where, like, if you're... Hoping for, like, frame accuracy, there's, like, a couple seconds of lag. Yeah. Like, it's it's not as bad as it seems. I need to play around with it more to see how bad it actually is. But, like, I was really surprised at how good it was. So it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, 
maybe I'll play it like a fuck around RTS or some sort of top down thing and like right. anything that I can just fuck around with and pause anytime I want to. Like I was really surprised by it. But hey, now if I'm ever sick and I want to play Resident Evil Four, I have a solution. It's good. Well, Resident Evil's good for what ails you. Resident Evil Four pretty much fixes anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's I'm so a- I'm so angry about the current state of the industry and like I just I just want and then you pick up a controller like ah. Uh... This Resident game is good. 4. Yeah, Resident Evil 4. That Resident Evil 4 is right. Fantastic. Resident Evil 4, Soxcast approved. There you go. Your right hand comes off. <laughs> somebody, so dumb. I love that game so much. Somebody go add that to the Soxcast curation <laughs> page. Just just the right hand line. Yeah, just the right hand line, though. Yeah, you got to use that. Um, you're also into that, that, there, that one game everybody loves right now that they won't shut up about, aren't you? You know what game I'm talking oh about. Oh my god, it, it snuck up on me so hard. And I was, it's like, I feel like um, that open beta they did for Overwatch, oh, it, just, uh, it was the smartest thing that Blizzard ever did because like everyone was like, oh yeah, Overwatch, you know, eh, whatever. And then they just kind of said like, okay, well, got an open beta, play it for a couple days, see what you think. And then everyone's like kind of chattering about it like, oh yeah, this game's pretty good. And I was like, well, it's on my client, it's a free weekend. Fuck it, I'll play it. And then, like, by the time I closed it, it was like, why is it, like, eight hours later? So all I know about this game is that, like, everybody's a lesbian. <laughs> that is accurate. Yes. I-, I choose to believe that, yes. Because every single, like, every dude and girl in it are just, like, the coolest characters. And it's like, I look over at Widowmaker and I'm Tracer and, like, yeah, uh, they-, they-, they can make out. I'm cool yeah, with that. That's cool. So what the hell it, is Overwatch? Like, I know nothing about it at all. It's TF2. Oh. It's just TF2. Oh. Like, well. And I mean that not the, to be dismissive. It's just Blizzard said, we want to make TF2, and they did. Like, so, like, ins- but instead of, like, being just TF2, mm-hmm. they just threw their Blizzard wrench into it and said, like, okay, well, the medic, she can fly, and she has a hot button that flies her to you anytime you need to heal anybody. And... Also, her uh, alt fire, instead of being something else, is a mini uber charge, and there's no charging up. So just you can heal someone, and if you want to do more damage because they're fully healed, you are, you ult them. And then, like, there's a Reinhardt with a giant shield and a hammer. He has no gun, but he can charge. And just, like, it's all these things that create a really interesting system of the original vanilla TF2 before they added more guns. So it's yeah. like, oh, I they have a really entrenched in encampment. They've got that chain gun dude right there. They've got this. I'm going to pick a uh, counterpick to that, which is going to be Winston with his ultimate. Because Winston with his ultimate has like 700 health, and he jumps in and just starts backhanding people and flinging them into walls. And it's just like one of those things where you're like, this is really, really tightly made, and I like the characters a lot. I think my favorite was when I was listening to um, uh, the Best Friend cast, and they were like bullshitting around about it and like having a great time. And uh, Matt was like, you know, I never really get into the waifu wars, like the Persona 4, like Chie Yukiko. <laughs> but then I saw somebody say, like, oh, man, I really like Widowmaker. And he's like, you mean you like garbage? <laughs> and just... <laughs> I started laughing pretty hard, but it's so true. The characters are so charming and so endearing. And, like, I think my favorite is there's this character called Reaper. And you might have seen me talking about this, but he's just, like... He looks like every death metal character you wrote in, like, the early 90s <laughs> in your sketchbook. And, like, I made a joke about it where it's, like, you know, like, oh, he's really sad because his girlfriend died, so he perches on rooftops, and he's got, like, t- four shotguns, but he never has to reload them, and, like, he can teleport, and he turns into, like, gray, mi- and just, 
he's so fucking edge lordy and his ultimate he just goes die die and he starts shooting his guns in every direction and <laughs> it's so fucking dumb and i'm like he's a joke character right like they sat down and said let's make the dumbest character we possibly can let's make and they, the they edgiest edge lord character yes he's that, so stupid he's great that neckbeards are gonna flock to unironically <laughs> It's like someone said, hey, you know Hatred? I fucking hate that game. It's so stupid it didn't deserve any of its attention. Let's just make the guy from that. And they Basically, did. Basically, yeah. And, and they put him into this universe where everyone is so, like, chipper and cheery. And, like, Tracer is this cute, uh, like, British girl in spandex. And, like, this, like, super chipper. And she zips around all over the place. And, like, all the characters are really, really fun. Winston's a giant gorilla with a lightning gun. It's just like, okay, we can do that. And, like, I didn't realize I'd get into it as hard as I did, but, A, it's only $40. B, it's TF2, and I really like TF2 before they added all of this ridiculous complexity. Yeah. And I think the main thing is I just like the characters. It has that MOBA fighting game level thing where you're just like, I want to learn this character. And then you pick him up, you're like, man, I'm not good, but I don't care. I want to learn them. Yeah, the, the, the character designs are very, very striking and stand out in a way that I don't think that, like, a lot of games kind of manage these days. Uh, at least a lot of the time in terms of, like, Western AAA games because we tend to only have one or two templates for characters. Hey, you guys like bald marines? Okay, how about a bald space marine? <laughs> I think my favorite guy with a skull for a face and his name is Death? Yeah, <laughs> Reaper Man. Reaper. How about a guy with a skull for a face and he's named Skullface? Get back in the corner, <laughs> Kojima. Get back in the corner. Skullomania. Oh my god. Skeletor. Skeletor. Oh god. That's what this you call the... a callback right there. Oops, all skeletons. Oops, all skeletons. <laughs> um, the thing I was going to say is that... Uh, Zarya oh, was the one that showed up like two years ago and everyone was like, oh my god, this is something to pay attention to. She's a big burly girl with pink hair that's really short cropped. It's like made for Polly and I'm surprised she's not all over that shit. <laughs> she, Jinx is my only love. You know, <laughs> I can't get mad. That's yeah. that's fair. Yeah, yeah. It's like I could give a fuck about League of Legends, but I like having, Jinx a lot. <laughs> having played her, it's really great laughing at the opponent because she just does this like bouncing up and down in the air where she's holding her chain gun, and it's the most annoying laugh in the universe, but in a cute way. And you're that's like, awesome. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, Overwatch is one of those things like it got its hooks in me, and I don't know how. I'm just like, I thought I was done with this t- a decade ago, and yet here I am. Uh, but uh, you were mentioning about like character design, like. It's one of those things where the characters are immediately charming and all of their animations are really good. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people I follow really got into Mei, who is this little Chinese girl, because she's covered in, like, fur and she comes from, like, the Arctic North, I think, mm-hmm. and has, like, all this freeze tech. But also, and I noticed this when I was um, messing around, but, like, all the characters have these, like, assertive, like, action poses, whereas she looks more like a nerd who hangs out on the internet and just doesn't really know how to interact with people. So her arms are her elbows are kind of like pinned to her sides, her arms are a little awkward and she doesn't know what to do with them and like <laughs> just her animations and the way she stands, you look over and you're like she really is a huge nerd. She does not know how to be cool at all. I'm endeared to you already. It's it's so good. The kind of character that would go for a cool anime pose and f- immediately fall down. Yes. <laughs> Like, do an awesome victory pose, then fall over. People yep. really got into D.Va because she pilots a giant mech, and she's this cute little Korean girl, and it's like, okay, I get that. Oh, here's the other thing I find very funny. <clears throat> Social Justice Warrior Road. Go for it. 
for being Blizzard, I'm amazed that this game represents the entire world as well as it does, considering they're the guys who made Chinese pandas and Jamaican trolls. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm honestly surprised at the level of diversity and, and how that level of diversity seems to piss so many people off. And it, not to mention the fact that all the characters are cool. Like, uh, my favorite thing is whenever there's a black dude with dreads and, like, really into jet, and he's really into Jet Grind Radio, like, Wooly on the Best Friend cast. He's like, I'm in this game. It's just <laughs> me. And he looks over and it's Lucio, and he's this, this black dude with dreads on roller skates, and he's got all this neon green and yellow. And it's like, yeah, that's just Wooly. And it's like, this guy doesn't look like a stereotype? Really? The fucking Chinese panda guys made a game where this guy doesn't look like a stereotype? How do you do that? How did that I, I, I don't know, but, I, you know, hats off to them. They did a really good job with this game. And it's one of those things where they pulled the parts out of it from an MMO that once was. Yeah. And I still want to play it. It's like only Blizzard. Like, despite, like, the, the issues I've had with Blizzard in the past, you just can't deny the sheer amount of talent that is there in that company. And they still have just a huge, like, a never-ending supply of creativity, it feels like. Mm-hmm. You know, and the money to back it up. Yeah, they've absolutely got that big Activision bucks to back everything up they want to do, but... Good lord, like, this game, it's either going to be, like, a colossal success or it's going to die in a month. Um, I think that Blizzard has that ability to keep that going. Yeah, it's the same I hope reason so, that... you know, because it's nice seeing people actually be, you know, hyped for something for once and not just shitting yeah. all over everything. Between that and Doom, hype. like, everyone seems to be really excited about games for the first time in forever. Yeah, Which and, like, that... Doom is actually, you know... Like it seems like a decently little lighthearted kind of game, despite its content. It so nice. It's 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 like definitely like the kind of game that pokes fun at itself in the kind of ways that you would want it to. The way Duke Nukem Forever probably should have. And it. Oh God, I was actually mentioning this the other day, but like someone was surprised there weren't like more shots taken at generalized game marketing or at generalized games in uh, Doom. Like you know like. Halo references. I'm like, no, 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 no. This isn't Duke Nukem Forever. It doesn't need to reference other games. Yeah, and he's like, like, wait. And he's like, wait, I didn't play Duke Nukem Forever. Did it do that? And I was like, yeah. imagine like a prom where there's one girl bagging on everyone else's dresses and saying they all look like shit and she's wearing like a fucking burka and clogs. Like, <laughs> that's what Duke Nukem Forever is. Shade everywhere and you're looking over like, hun, you need, like, to, dude, you need to settle down. Just go back. Go, go. Oh, that's fine. Doom looks really nice. I've been kind of like happy every time I look at a trailer of that game, and it's just like it's you're wandering, so funny. Ar- you're wandering around in these industrial environments, and you just kill demons in really bloody ways, and it just seems really nice. I just uh, can't believe that game came out so well because everything leading up to it was like this is going to be a disaster. Everybody I know was bagging on it. Like but I like, could not find a single positive like pre release impression yeah. of this game it was just everybody just all on a uh, like a tizzy mm-hmm. about how bad this game looked and now well, they led like, with, i don't they understand led with the it they gave the multiplayer out first like yeah like, that yeah. was <laughs> just real dumb the marketing totally failed that game it's so delightfully stupid it's like even more than the multiplayer beta though which went over really poorly but it was like years ago like uh what was it wolfenstein the new order was like pre-order now to get the doom beta it's like there's a Doom game? Does this actually exist? And then years go by, it's like, where's Doom? And then there was that screenshot from E3 where it's like, 
it looked super brown and washed out and somebody like did a photoshop to make it more colorful and i think they actually did change the game yeah based on that (laughs) and then there was the whole box art thing pardon didn't they resident evil 2 it where they're like they made an entire game and oh yes and then there was yeah there was originally like call of doom where it was like they were doing another hell on earth campaign and i think it was just going to be doom 4 and they just totally scrapped that game yeah so this game is probably why it came out good (laughs) Because they were like, wait, this is a bad idea. Let's not do this. But they've been working on this for like 10 years, so it's kind of amazing. It's really good. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. as as a huge fan of Doom 3, nothing makes me happier to know that like there's another Doom game out there that I'm absolutely stoked to get to play at some point. That is nothing like Doom 3, though. It's nothing like Doom 3, but I still think, like, despite the fact that Doom 3 wanted to be kind of like a more of a modernized horror game, Mm-hmm. I still think that it retained a lot of the elements that do make a, a Doom game good. It still has yeah. dumb as rocks AI. You know, it's still monster closets. It's still finding key cards to progress. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. they added some modern things there that probably didn't need to be there. And, like, I don't think that game's engine looks as good as they think that it did. Mm-hmm. Like, even back then, it just kind of like, guys, it, it's, it's just kind of like everything's black and I can't really see anything. This, is, this <laughs> yeah. isn't really a good graphics engine. I, I appreciate the effort in experimenting because they basically were making shit up and like, well, we don't know if this will be popular. We really hope so. Let's do it. And it was like, I think it was the, you know, lighting and uh, versus physics. Yeah. And I think that was a big fight. It's like between um, Half-Life, Half-Life and, uh, yeah. Doom. and Doom at the time. Yeah, and like, yeah. I, I appreciate Doom for what it is, but man... The shotgun feels like shit in that game, and it's just like, yeah. uh, I don't know, man. But like in this one, like the super shotgun sounds like God slamming the door, and just like <laughs> that's what I want. Just if you had, uh, if you got, if you grabbed a hold voice. of, uh, if you grabbed a hold of uh, Trent Reznor's sound pack for Doom Three, that game sounds way better. Oh, that sounds oh, cool. Great. It's so, like he gave like all of those weapons just these big mean crunchy sounds and Whoa. yeah they sound oh, so much sad. better than uh, the original takes. Wait, oh, did right. he make them for Doom Three or? From my understanding, yeah. And Chris wow. and, uh, Chris Verena, who's worked with uh, Trent Reznor in the past, he's the one that composed the soundtrack as well. So oh cool. Wait, oh, speaking saying? of music, I just want to throw this in. Mick Gordon, like I. The main reason I wanted to get into Killer Instinct is because of that music. I'm just sitting listening to Thunder's theme going, holy shit, this is amazing. And he went and did the Doom soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Like, I think I was watching the um, the Giant Bomb Quick look, and there's just this moment where Jeff just starts laughing. And he's like, and they're like, what? He's like, the fucking music, it's so dumb, I love it. And I'm like, yeah, it has that just dumb, like, you know, low-strum guitar from, like, 90s fucking, like, pseudo rock death metal and just... yeah it's just like all downtuned guitars playing these yeah, big, repetitive uh... riffs and it's just like dude that's fucking doom that is the <laughs> essence of doom i need to stop <laughs> trying to describe music around Polly because i know for a fact that she's gonna explain it way better than i can <laughs> it, it sounds like you know you're like and you're just like downtuned guitars i'm like oh right yeah don't worry, like, I played down, bad down-tuned guitars music for a while, so, you know, it's well, always not it's familiar. Just, it's just one of those things, it's like, oh, right, sound engineer, musician, I should probably let her take over. Might know a thing or two. <laughs> Wasn't the uh, original no Doom just, like, a bunch of songs? Oh, yeah, a bunch that of were just, like, They just oh, kind of yeah. change a few notes, be like, oh, it's a, yeah, there was not like quite the same. Pantera's Mouth for War was... In there, there's a bunch of them. You can look it up on YouTube. Like a bunch of those songs are just complete ripoffs. Mm-hmm. So, 
Someone should make a mod that's just those actual songs in there. I'm pretty sure it exists. Or it will. Or it will at some point, yeah. Yeah, yeah people, people are still modding. No, I meant the original Doom. Yeah, like, I'm people sure still that is. original Doom. Yeah, people like, like, fucking Brutal Doom is the shit, dog. Oh, that's I'm, right. That's I'm, yeah, thing. I'm like, give it only a little while, and I'm positive that somebody will jimmy something together. Like, uh, I think it was, um, uh, last thing I'll mention about Overwatch, but it and Doom both have, like, custom tool like environments and i think my favorite thing about that is basically uh i think it was the best friend cast said something along the lines of like yeah in case somebody makes uh you know the next moba they want to be make sure that they have the capacity of taking it over it's like yeah 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 because they don't want to be like valve where valve is just like oh you guys made a cool thing well it's ours now it's like but we want that uh we should probably build protection in this or something yeah Cool. Cool. So you been into anything else? Uh, not really. Uh, I started playing Bloodborne again. I'm trying to get through some of the parts that I didn't play the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep on thinking of like uh, between Overwatch, Mirror's Edge is soon, and Doom, and like my birthday is next month. I'm sitting there like, uh, I really shouldn't spend any more money. I kind of overdoing it already. It's like, do you oh. really need these games right now? Do you need to oh. be caught up in the zeitgeist, really? I almost forgot. The other thing that I found in that collection of cards, uh, which made me laugh really, really hard, and I actually know um, my lady my uh, lady friend, my uh, she's like my internet big sister, um, Shoy, actually. She was like, I totally want those, and I was like, I will give them to you. But um, I found... I, I don't, wish I could like find an archive of them somewhere, but they're basically ho- really thick holofoil like collectible cards from Batman Forever. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, it's they're really stupid. Like every single one of them has a different level of holofoil, including like all these crazy gaudy colors, and it's just like the fucking terrible ass bat suit from Batman Forever and uh, Chris O'Donnell, and like it looks so fucking dumb. Chris O'Donnell, the most fascinating Batman. Robin. Robin, yeah, <laughs> you gotta, yeah. yeah. Look, it's like, it's late. <laughs> Val Kilmer was the Batman. That's right, that was Val Kilmer. Yeah, yeah. God, I'm good. My brain, it doesn't work sometimes. You gotta. Yes, you gotta I've been talking for about fire. a half hour. I will, I will pass the torch. Cool. Uh, I never do since, that since we're you know still on movies and stuff. I I watched that their new Star Wars movie earlier today. Ooh, oh. first first time. Yep, yep, first time. It oh, came yeah. out. It came out on DVD recently. I don't go to fucking theaters. Like, what do you go to theaters for to be around people for? I've got a sixty-inch screen and a surround sound system at home. It's good enough. Then you get the communal experience. There is a certain level of excitement when I came out of Star Wars in the theater. Where, like, my wife and I were like vibrating. We were so excited. Like, oh my! That sounds a little dirty. That's how I was coming out of yeah, Mad Max, was doing like a little dance coming out of the theater. Oh, I wish my wife liked Mad Max as much as I did. I was I was floating, and she was like, yeah. Okay, I'm like, we saw, we saw, I saw it with, I saw it alone, and then I saw it with Anna, and we had to leave five minutes in, fifteen minutes in, because she was legit sick from the motions. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Justifiably, actually. yeah, especially for that early part where they use like, uh, like yep. higher frame rate. Yep, Oof, that part's hard to watch sometimes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, new yep. Star Wars movie. It's basically just feminist propaganda garbage. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, like I mean, we, yeah. yeah. It, whatever but you know that, that movie's great that that movie was uh, a lot of fun uh and i think that like its pacing is just on point mm-hmm. like throughout like it's a two-hour movie that manages to do more in like 
its two hours than any of the prequel films did in any of their three-hour nonsense mm. binge runs. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's terrible. It's a low bar, though. So, like, to be I really better. gotta ask, how much did was the um, it's gar- uh, don't fly that one, it's garbage scene get ruined for you? I, I knew nothing about it. Oh, that's so I knew, good. I knew nothing going into this movie. Like, I'm just really good at tuning out things I don't want to listen to. Mm-hmm. Or, or like pay attention to, or if I'm wanting to get into something, I'm good at making sure it doesn't get spoiled. Uh, so yeah, like I, all of that stuff was new to me. Like I didn't know anything was going to happen. I didn't know any of like the big scenes that were happening. It was so it was just all like, hey, this is all new stuff to me. Nothing's been spoiled. Oh man, that's that, that was such a wonderful delight of just like the oh the garbage will do, and then the, just the slow pan over it. Yeah, the, the, and it's just like, oh uh, my god, that's, oh my god, that really is. Okay, that's so good. Fun. That's real good. The fact that they doubled down on the joke, and it's like, no, 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 that one's garbage, and you think they're never gonna go back to it, and then, yeah, they, uh, yeah. Like, I wasn't sure if it was, like, a one-off joke or something, like, it was, but it was just like, Or oh. just, like, set dressing of, like, oh, there's so many plans around here, which one do we pick? And, like, uh, so good. Yeah, it was that that movie was really good. I was mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not surprised because usually when something is this highly regarded among the circle of people that I hang out with, it's usually a pretty good shot, you know, which we, means I I need to see Mad Max at some point. Oh, yeah, wife and I were, you do. Uh, it's really good. My wife and I were so excited coming out of that movie it killed our car. Wow. <laughs> That's Yeah, uh, we we just come out of the movie and we were like, oh, that was so good. And just like talking, we drove over to a diner, went in, had a great meal, went back out in the car and I turned the key and nothing goes on. And I'm like, uh-oh, uh, what happened? It's like, I think our excitement destroyed the car. I'm like, I, I guess so. <laughs> it's when you get out of the car and then you, you take the garbage car. <laughs> the garbage will do. Garbage will do. <laughs> Apparently the movie had a ton of production problems and they kind of had to put some pieces together that weren't really intended to mesh. Mm-hmm. Which really and like, um, in force awakens. Oh, right. And like considering that, that's really, really impressive. I think because yeah, it came together so well. It's a damn cohesive movie. Like yeah. well, it I mean, does not waste a single moment. Yeah. yeah that, that was really the thing, seeing it twice in theaters and being like, Oh my God, this is just really flows and is fun to watch. I, I get high off of like good pacing and the fact that it's just like moving along, moving along, moving along. I was like, yes, I'm so excited. I'm really surprised to hear that it had that production problems. Although I shouldn't really be because most of the movie's marketing was based on we're using practical effects like the old movies, yes. doing real sets. Like yeah. Yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's 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 pretty like yeah. Like we've talked about that movie at length on the podcast before. <laughs> yeah, like I'm on board. It's it's good. Now we'll just wait till 2020 for the next one. Oh no, they're pumping them out. I think they, next Disney year. is not going to bat an eye about moving these things along. We go. Oh. We have the uh, side story coming up soon, which is Rogue One, and then next year it's gonna move right into Episode Eight. Like oh, not, I gotcha. I gotcha. They're not gonna yes. fuck around. They're gonna start like annualized Star Wars. They oh, have boy. the biggest fucking like orange in the universe, and they're going to squeeze the living shit out of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm really glad that they have like a solid starting point. You know. Yeah, they've, yeah, they've it, definitely got good building blocks. Imagine mm-hmm. how hard that is. Where it's like, okay, J.J. Abrams, fix Star Wars. Uh, uh, <laughs> like, oh it's man. Like, how do you that... not immediately just shit your pants at that point? <laughs> yeah. It, like like uh, the scene in uh, fucking Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt where the guy like goes on camera and it's like okay so what do you think and then just he just freezes stares at the camera shits himself farts and then like throws <laughs> up like and that that's basically what I would do in that position like he has to do so fucking much and he mm-hmm. he pulled it off and like 
yeah, it basically is the first movie again, but like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I actually mm-hmm. don't give a shit. It's so fun. Yeah, it's it, it's just the villain a... is so different. Yeah, I like, love Kylo Ren. He's... he's so good. He's Ugh. he is such a hard character to get a read on too. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't have like even at the end of that movie, I don't have a good read on him at all mm. as to like what like what do you actually think right now? Mm. How yeah. are you actually mm. feeling? You are oh boy, you are a sly one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I I think my favorite thing about him is that uh, I think I saw this thing which was like you know what were we afraid of during the time when Star Wars came out and in like you know seventies uh foreign imperialism uh, encroaching on our individuality. And then it's like, you know, 90s. Um, perpetual war uh, instigated by politicians who we can't control. And then it's like 2016, The Force Awakens. Shitty, whiny uh, assholes on the... Uh, young assholes who are entitled <laughs> to power who go out and punish people who don't, like, fit with their views. And it's like, yep. oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, Kylo Ren's so good. It's yeah. everything I didn't expect going in. I'm like, okay, they made a Darth Vader, and then it's just like yeah. seeing him throw a tantrum and like destroy shit. Yeah, just, that yeah. was like, that was just like, oh my. god. And then they made it into a joke later on, where the stormtroopers <laughs> like, oh, yeah. well, where they Kylo just like they Ren's at it again. They just <laughs> walk on by like, okay, <laughs> out of my pay grade, I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah I get that that movie so basically is the first one again, but then the villain is so different. That exactly. Yeah, exactly. it really works. It, it does. It's, it's exactly, a total subversion. It's exactly what I would expect of like you know, uh, if you're gonna steal, steal from the best. They stole from the best and then changed mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Like instead of you know, oh, there's a Darth Vader. It's like, well, he literally wants to be Darth Vader. Like, and it's just, ah. I could go there's on about that movie and how much it subverts every there's expectation. One lightsaber fight in the movie, and it's better than any of the lightsaber fights in the yes. movie. And the and the marketing lied to you the entire time. It's like, hey, here's Finn, here's Finn with the lightsaber. It's like. Oh, cool. I guess he's the Force user. Not sure. <laughs> sure. Why not? Like <sighs> The scene with Rey and Kylo Ren in the middle of the movie um, where they're just in basically out. just like Anna described it as the scene where the two of them exchange being the most sexually intimidating presence. <laughs> <in the movie. laughs> yeah. Where Kylo yeah. Ren's trying to be like, you know. Um, Ren, Daddy Kylo Ren. Ren, and then she's like, "No, I don't think you quite understand." Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Because our only experience with Adam Driver was like watching like the first season of Girls. Mm-hmm. So he uh, yeah, has. Um, so for us, he kind of had this weird psychosexual vibe. Yeah. That um, was, what, what was it? Uh... He's basically the same character, just a whiny trash baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, uh, I think my favorite little thing coming out of that movie was like how how much the cast like embrace the goofiness of it and they're just like okay you've seen us in our serious roles having intense conversations with other people now you're gonna see us goof around about it so it's just adam driver on snl like um you know uh what is it ray carrying around um uh, mark hamill mark hamill on it on <laughs> oh that was perfect yeah just like all this stuff where it's like these guys don't care. They're having a great time with it, and it's reminding you that Star Wars is about fun and not about yeah. like being depressed and like watching C-SPAN. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lore. But yeah, that that, <laughs> that movie is really good. Really, yep. really good. Is the mystery interesting? Cool. Let me explain it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of hate most. J- don't really like J.J. Abrams movies, so this was I, like easily my favorite one. I've never liked J.J. Abrams. Cool. Star Trek was fun, but in the same way where it was like, okay, I guess I don't have to really care. I mean, 
I should care. It's Star Trek. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's his job to make me care. But like, sure, I can watch a fun movie. Mm-hmm. But then this one's just like, well, he's a perfect guy for Star Wars. Like, he he is. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about the next one because it's also a different director in the next one. So they might kind of like with Empire Strikes Back, where you can kind of. It seems like J.J. Abrams was the perfect fit to lay down the groundwork for this yeah. universe. Yeah, I think this is, like this is going to be the fun movie, and then we're going to have the serious movie, the dark middle chapter. Mm-hmm. Whether it's then... the dark middle chapter, it'll. It'll be something kind of a little bit different, and I'm really excited to see what that is building off of that movie. Right. You know? I, I, yeah, I mean, like, I understand it's the biggest thing Disney has right now, but they would be mm-hmm. idiots to just try and lock it into, like, okay, do the, the thing that was popular. Mm-hmm. Like, it, they know that if they make a movie that's bad, that has no artiste to it, no director vision, they're just going to ruin the franchise again. Yep. They it seems to. that they're cognizant of that, just in yep. hearing the way that they've talked about it, so... Also, God, that movie really was gorgeous. Like yeah, they, it was they, very pretty. They honed in on the practical effects and the aesthetic stuff for good reason because they made, really made it look good and work. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Ugh. So good. So that's good. That's a good movie. You should watch good that. Thing. Definitely, definitely. And then me and Rhett, we we went and did uh, we went and did that dumb Japanese cartoon <laughs> thing again. Oh, that thing. Yeah, we watched a show that has a really long Japanese title that I can say, and I know what it means, but I'm just going to call it by its English short name of Watamote, uh, which uh, it's basically like the Japanese name means something like, you know, it's your guy's fault. I'm not popular. I have heard much about this show. This this show, it's it's basically a single character study because um, the main character, Tomoko, is the only character in the show that really matters because it is a... a pretty deep dive into her day-to-day life and her psyche and the very intense struggle she has in dealing with uh, social anxiety. Um, Like 90% of the show is like internal monologuing. Yeah. And, and um, it, it, it it kind of like, it takes on social anxiety in a way that like it, it, you have to understand that it is both a comedy and a deconstruction of this character in a way. And like, if, if you, if you're somebody with social anxiety, I'll first and foremost say like, I, this show might not be for you unless you have the same kind of morbid sense of humor that like me or Rhett have, because like, I know that I deal with social anxiety on the daily. And I know that like a lot of what I saw in this show made me very 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 uncomfortable oh, made I have me heard... cringe made me want to shrivel up and die because it's like <laughs> yeah i've been there yeah, yeah. I've, been there. I- I've heard it described as quote too real <laughs> yeah it, it definitely yeah. is and then there are the then there are like a few moments in the show where it's just like it's supposed to be a comedy there's the, okay there she is and she's crying okay where's the joke guys have, have you, guys. Uh, Paulie, have you uh, watched bojack horseman no. Okay, because that's kind of where that goes, where it's like, hey, it's a fun comedy, and then as you spiral down this horrible, dark path of, like, watching the self-destructive, self-loathing man just, like, hate himself and, like, retreat further into this horrible existence he has, you're like, oh, God, can we go back to the comedy, please? Oh, God. And the thing and- is, like, the comedy in this show isn't really even funny. <laughs> it's just so? It's, I mean, it's funny because, like, she does create a lot of the problems she has herself and she and we've all been dumb teenagers we've all done 
and thought like had all of the really dumb thoughts that she has you know so like if i I do this i'll be cool oh god oh god oh god or and, and like i've been in this situation where i've been in a restaurant and i've seen people that might know me and i thought okay what's the quickest way i can get out of here without anybody noticing me and it's just like I've been yeah. there, and it's like, oh my god, this is so. Oh, yeah, it's a comedy in that you laugh at it because if, or for some people, like you've done the same things and are laughing at yourself, basically. And what I think is really important about the show, though, is that for one, it doesn't. She is not a character that is bullied. Yes, because like, because if they went that far, this show would just be like. It would unwatchable. Be, it would be unwatchable. It would be too much. That would be yeah. way too real. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's never a character that is bullied. And any bad situation she gets in, she's usually ended up putting herself there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's – it's it's just it, – it, it's a weird <laughs> show. It gave me all kinds of weird vibes watching it. But I also liked it for that very reason. It sounds uh, a little welcome to the NHK. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, Welcome to the NHK and the Tatami Galaxy are two other shows that, that gave me a lot of feelings of, like, this is really uncomfortable and I don't want to be reminded of this right now. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, I guess BoJack Horseman is a weird comparison because BoJack Horseman tricks you into being by being funny and having a lot of dumb animal puns and it gets, like, more ridiculous and more f- observational after a while about just, like, making fun of Hollywood. And then there's the Dark episode, which is basically kind of its thing. Watamote sounds like the dark episode, but in a way that's meant to be humorous. And it just like if it's if it's real to you, then you're just like, oh god. But if it's funny, you're like, ha, ah, she's so. Uh... Yeah, it's oh, it's man. it's like I think that like ultimate like I don't think that anybody's going to watch this show and come away with a better understanding of social anxiety. I guess might be the problem because I see like a lot of the commentary I see on it. It's just like a lot of people just kind of half heartedly laughing at it and just being like, ha ha ha, yeah, I totally relate to her. And it's just like, do mm-hmm. you really? Mm-hmm. Are you really getting what's going on here? Are you getting like the weird layers of subtext and and, and all of that? And you know, like. It's a kind of show where there's not really, like, an ending, per se, because, like, by the time the show had run its course, they were already much further along in the production of the manga. But the show kind of does offer, like, not a happy ending, by any means, because Mm -hmm. the, the entire last arc of the show is about how she comes full circle, and if you know her situation starting at the start of the show, that's not necessarily a great thing. Mm-hmm. But there's like a, a, um, a bit of a positive message in there and that there's acceptance here and that, you know, like you can be totally fine being the loner. Like you don't have to like fit other people's mold to be the person like if, if this person and being alone is where you're comfortable, if that's your comfort zone, maybe that's just where, you know, you're happy most of the time. Um, and it's sort of like the character seems to start getting an, a bit more of an understanding about that, but the the show also leaves it off, and it's just like nothing's really set in stone either, because this is just your first year in high school. Things can probably turn around if you put a little more mm-hmm. effort into it in the right ways. Oh, so it, it leaves it open-ended, but it is also saying like, well, yeah, but maybe this is okay for you. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think that, okay. that like yeah. that's that's a pretty good message. Yeah, it's it's and it's really weird that like you know like a show from Japan would be like that, given that their society is largely conformist uh, in a lot of ways, and saying that like you know maybe it is okay to just like march to the beat of your own drum sometimes. You know, maybe like like the 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 entire big picture isn't for you all of the time. It, it is weird seeing a. <clears throat> I mean, I'm going to be talking out of turn because I don't really get it, but seeing a a manga slash anime support the idea that maybe being a neat is okay. Yeah, yeah. It's very weird for their culture. Yeah. It's not something you would expect. Yeah, it's usually, you know, like stuff like Welcome to the NHK where, you know, mm-hmm. like this is definitely something you shouldn't strive to be. You know, whereas I think Watamote is more like this is a thing and real this, people deal with this. This isn't and, the worst thing in the world. Yeah, but it's not the worst thing in the world and, you know, like and like I said, it's just her first year of high school. There's definitely like this is not the end of the road for her. You know, things can can and probably will turn around. Like, you know, like I related a lot to that character because at that point in my life, I had a lot of the same thoughts and did a lot of the same stupid things, but you know, I'm I'm mostly okay now. I'm mm. mostly stable. Mostly. Mostly, <laughs> mostly stable. I mean, let's be real. Like, Watamote is a constant thing you avoid. Like, not really avoid being, but, like, gr- struggle with. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a it's a daily thing. It's not a, oh, well, thank God I'm past that part. It's like, yeah. no, it's, you kind of always do that. Yeah, you're just uh, always going to have social anxiety to a certain degree if you have it. But you also eventually get past high school. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that is the worst part of anybody's life. You know. At least Which is I- weird. Japan typically super romanticizes high school. Yeah. Like the entire anime industry is built on, man, high school was great, huh? Yeah. Youth. This, youth this, and this, youth. This entire show is everything about high school sucks. Can I hang out in the nurse's office and be sick all day? <laughs> <laughs> like watch Azamanga Dayo and it's just like, la, oh, we'll remember this forever. It, it, the way you're talking about with Watamote, um, it kind of sounds like what people have told me about what it is like to... Like, what you think being gay and, like, queer and accepting yourself is versus what it actually is. Yeah. Where it starts off and it's, like, you know, uh, it has, like, what I thought it would be. And it has, like, all these colorful hearts and flowers. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm happy with myself. And then it has, like, the next panel and what it is. And it's, like, you know, tired eyes, like, gigantic <laughs> hat and pulled down. It's, like, fuck you, I'm gay. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, like, okay. Yeah, I, I, I never thought about it that way. But, that's yeah. A little more, that's a little more on point. Then, then, well, yeah, but it's yeah. also a Japanese anime versus, you know, Western uh, queer culture. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, that show is really, really good. Uh, I think it's definitely worth a watch. Again, like, if you have social anxiety and you can, like, sort of look at a lot of the things that you have or still do in your life that you might see as absurd and don't mind laughing at that, but also don't mind being very very uncomfortable at times yeah i might watch that just based on the fact that you told me like the ending is a little more like honest yeah it's like, an honest it's an honest show like from start to finish i think but uh, my main anxiety with watching it was the idea that it would end with like how do you take a character that's so like that and where yeah. do you go from it and i'm thinking like there's a lot of ways you could take it that i would not be okay with and then it's like no it's kind of just says like not the worst thing in the world and you can improve and it's like that sounds kind of nice. Yeah, it's it's mm, it's very subtle. The character yeah. growth. 
Yeah, like, the character. The first time I watched to, it, you have to really be watching and paying attention to like the dialogue and the way that she's worded things before that she will repeat again later, but they'll be worded slightly differently and have a bit of a more positive spin. Well, yeah. Like the Big Lebowski. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. And I have to say, I want to give a special shout out to uh, this show's uh, opening animation uh, because of the way that it actually really presents to you, like, it presents the character's struggle with uh, social anxiety as being, like, chained up and, like, shackled and, like, constantly screaming, but nobody paying attention. And uh, I thought that that was a really great... um, uh, um, visualization of the theme that they were going for, uh, and and I think the the actual lyrics to the song actually do a good job of painting that. And then like the ending theme is brutal and horrible. The brutal theme is so the en- or, sorry the ending theme is so like upbeat and chipper when you hear it, and then you yeah, see the lyrics and, you and you're, see like, the lyrics, oh. you're like, oh my god! Mirror, mirror on the wall, you're a failure, you're a failure. <laughs> Oh Jesus! It's so <laughs> brutal. It's so I imagine, brutal. Like, the entire time, you know, it's like a character running through fields and like you know, big splashes it's, of animation and like it's these cute is- little vignettes of like her looking at herself running towards the right side of the screen on phones as she's kind of like moving the phones out of the way. And it, it's a cute little animation. Yeah, every every opening video ever. <laughs> and then you watch, and then you like catch the version with the lyrics. It's like oh oh. Oh no! This oh, that, is on, awful. That sounds like more betraying than like Madoka, where the whole time you see like all <laughs> characters and like the ending shot is uh, all three of the girls sitting on the thing in their magical girl outfits. You're like that. <laughs> that's <laughs> not. That's not. Um. Uh, you lied to me. <laughs> but it's a good lie. It's a yes, real good it's a, lie. It's a worthwhile lie. I, I won't talk too much about Madoka because like when I finally watched it, I think uh, all three of you were sitting there on the sidelines going. Ee! Yeah, yeah, that show's great. <laughs> that show's real good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I mention one more thing about Watamote? Sure. I really like that, especially in the first half of the show, that she's like unapologetically straight. Yeah. Like, she's really into like her BL stuff and like yeah. guys doing voices. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's one scene where she's basically masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> they don't show her doing anything, but she's on her bed moaning. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just funny because it's like, one, that's the thing that's going to piss people off. Like, Absolutely. otaku who want their pure waifu to not be actually into dudes. Yeah, yeah. And then it's also kind of nice that she's, like, active and an agent in her own sexuality that yeah. you don't really see in anime much. Yep. It's really interesting. It's an interesting show that does a lot of interesting things. Uh, I, I would absolutely watch more, but I don't think it's going to happen since it's been like it's been years a, yeah. since that that show aired. And, gotcha. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. I yeah, played we, a couple of video games. Since, oh, cool. since we do video game stuff on this podcast sometimes. Do I we? Hear, <laughs> yeah, sometimes. We uh, talked I'm, about movies and anime for an hour. I don't think we can do yeah. that. <laughs> I, I, briefly, I briefly played, well, I, by briefly, I mean by about, like I don't know, like eight hours or so. I played uh, Star Ocean, The Last Hope, I think it was called. And I think that that's basically the last hope for the Star Ocean series to actually be relevant or ever oh, good. Is that four? Yeah. Oh, man. That game is so boring and tropey and terrible and awful, and the Star Ocean series was never good to begin with. Why do people fucking care? The second one. That's the only reason. The second one isn't even good! 
It's I'm terrible. Staring at an old review I wrote, I, I read about Star Ocean Last Hope, and I every time people bring up Star Ocean, I'm like, is it is it that really bad one? It was four. <laughs> let me tell. Let me let me give you a, a dose of just how I didn't, I didn't know the dumb. subtitle because I was like, it's four, right? Because I only know four equals bad. Just, That's let all me tell, I can remember. Let me, let me tell you how bad and how tropey and shitty and stupid this game is. The main character's name is Edge Maverick. Yeah. Uh, is that not oh. the fringiest fucking name ever? I think I fought him in Mega Man X. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about that game for years, and Mega Man X is one of my favorite games of all time, and I never thought to make that joke. <laughs> so it's like, okay, Star Ocean 1, bad. Star Ocean 2, pretty mediocre. Like, Tales of Destiny and Tales of Eternia are way better. Star Ocean 3, there's a plot twist in the middle of it that is so goddamn stupid, it'll blow your mind. <laughs> How yeah. do they make a, sec- How do they make a fourth one after that? I don't know! <laughs> There's a fifth one! There's a fifth one coming out! Great. But, and then there's, like, the main female character that just pissed me off to no goddamn, because she is your typical tropey best friend, best childhood friend. Oh, we're totally in love with each other, but we're going to act like we're not, blah, blah, bullshit. But the way she is written is so absolutely absurd because every little thing she does or every bit of agency she takes, she acts as if she's encroaching upon the male space way too much. So it's just like, like when she levels up, like, and this is a character that's actually pretty good in combat. Like she was easily keeping up with the character I was controlling and like she levels up and she's like, gee, I hope someday I won't be a burden to everyone. Uh, and it's just like, and all of her fucking lines are bullshit like that. It's just like, one day I hope to not be a complete waste of humanity. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Why do people like these games? They're the, they're the most boring milk toast. Like, I played Tales of Grace's F, and I sent it back to Amazon after an hour because it was too tropey. But I would happily trudge through 50 hours of that entire game that experienced the first eight fucking hours of Star Ocean The Last Hope ever again. Yeah, from what I remember Ouch. about that game, I didn't know very much about it. But what I did catch was, like, it's basically a harem anime. And, like, every oh single girl around you is more obnoxious and awful than the last to the point where you're like, can I please stop playing it? Here, there's this character. Oh, she's a neat. And she lives indoors and eats Pocky and reads manga. And then you catch her and she's, like, really embarrassed and keeps apologizing. Yeah. Okay, it's, great. Thank you. It is that fucking stupid. Here, here's the dumb flighty one who like has wings and like tries to fly and oh but she can't do it and like they're like you're not you're not wrong and, there is a there is a and, there is a girl that has wings and can't fly yeah I I'm familiar with the game like I remember and there's uh, the cat girl who is oh, loud and annoying and then there's the underage one who accidentally kisses the main character I remember yep, that too yep 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 yeah it's it's like <clears> it's a it's one of those things, like, if they were just a quarter, like, the tiniest bit self-aware, it would actually be funny. It would actually work. But no, mm-hmm. this thing plays it so fucking straight. It's just like, who is sitting here? Who is writing this, sitting back, folding their arms and thinking, yep, another <laughs> fucking masterpiece in the Star Ocean series. Get out of here, Star Ocean. You are Nailed bar- it. <laughs> Get out of here, Star Ocean. You are bargain bin fucking tales of. Tales of even in its worst installments. I would play any of them before I ever look at another Star Ocean yeah. game. I'm in such a weird place in this because I've been kind of, you know, gaze from afar. I haven't wa- played any Tales of games and I haven't played any Tri-Ace games. 
Chinese games are quality. A plus. Okay. So let me just throw out a few names here that I've also been had my eye on. Go for it. Um, Valkyrie Profile. Great. Fan okay. game. Valkyrie Profile, good, because that's the one that I'm most interested in. It is so good. Yeah, you, will love that. you will love that game based on the fact that it is very, like, you, you're under some severe time restraints in that game. <laughs> Excellent. I, I'll say I, this much about it. Valkyrie Profile yeah. is one of those games where, like, there are a million tiny stories. It's not yeah. much of a big overarching one. Yeah. yeah. So if they Red, end kind of quickly... The... I heard the premise just today, and it was like something about like going to a bunch of people right as they die, yeah, and recruiting them, and then you see like their little life story leading up to them dying, and then you yep. basically train them as on Harry R to send to Valhalla to fight yeah. war. It's really, <laughs> really Norse good. mythology anime war. It's they so made that right in the middle of like five Star Ocean games, and yeah. Star was their first game. Yeah, that's so weird. What other names you got for us? Um, Resonance of Fate. Uh, okay, I have that on PS3 and never played it. It's all re- like it's got a cool battle system starting out, and then uh-huh. it's just like, oh, it's just this one fucking map over and over. Okay, uh, that's oh. so boring. Yeah, yeah, I've heard the story um, in that game, and it's not great, but not the great. Good. Yeah, Final Fantasy thirteen two and Lightning Returns. <laughs> I will defend them. They look, they, those look, I, I own Lightning Returns. I'm really excited to play that at some point. You will like the game. I'm oh. actually wondering, Polly, how, how much of your love of the Lightning Returns series is based in Lightning and how much of it is actually, like, liking the game? I genuinely like Final Fantasy XIII. Like, okay. like, I like, I think that there are actually character stories there that are worthwhile. Like, I actually like Hope, even though. That's, that's the one I was thinking of. Most people hate Hope, but it's just like. He's a 13 to 15 year old kid who just saw his mom die. What do you think is that's like, the, yeah, <laughs> this that's kid's the thing I he- traumatized for crying out loud. That's the thing I hear is like, uh, well, I like the story of Final Fantasy uh, 13. It's like, well, can you get over the fact that a character is literally a teenager? Yeah, it's just like he's acting like a teenager because he's a fucking teenager. But he's not an anime teenager. Yeah, he's who, he's, who can yeah. shoulder the burden of needing to save the world. No, no problem. he is he is not he is not good with this. Like we're running for our lives. He is literally like, can I just collapse here and die? I don't want to do this. I can't mm-hmm. do this. I am a I am a kid. What do you want from me? John wants to play Lightning and Returns because he found out you can get to the final boss and not be able to win. Yeah. <laughs> John has very specific criteria when it comes to games he wants to play, and it means, and it's usually that they're always it's either mostly one. just being like being like Majora's Mask. Yeah, yeah. My tastes are unconventional. What's up, Dory? It's a bunch of saga games and Zelda. <laughs> so yeah, I got one more game to talk about. All right, go for it. One more game to talk about. I have had this game in my DS collection for, God, years. Years. It's called Radiant Historia. And I know that a lot of people that I know that listen to this thing that play JRPGs primarily are probably very happy and very angry that I've waited this long to pick it up. And yeah, yeah, this game's really good. It's a... Uh, it's a time-traveling RPG. Like, the main mechanic of it is traveling back in time to correct problems. And I think that that aspect of it is handled really well. Uh, the first few times you do it, it does feel sort of like a choose-your-own-adventure, where it's just like there's a right and a wrong answer. And it's like, oh, okay, I picked wrong. That was that was very frustrating on my first time, too, where it literally is like, 
oh, here's a decision. Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll do this. And then the war was over, and you yeah. lost. And I'm and, like, what? <laughs> and then, but then you know, you just you just hop back in time and remake the decision. Uh, but then, like I've I've noticed, you know, I'm about 13, 14 hours in now, um, and it's definitely more like you're trying to puzzle out the solutions to fixing the problems now. It's just like, okay, like, is there somebody I need to go back and talk to in an alternate timeline to get the information I need? Oh, okay. <laughs> now it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's got a really cool politically charged storyline that I'm really, really sinking my teeth into right now as well. I think it's really good. I think that they're doing a really good job of setting up the main cast of characters and kind of like, rotating in and out characters at really good times for both dramatic effect and to sort of like not overcrowd the stage too much. So they're giving everybody a nice amount of time to get developed in like uh, where I got to earlier, the story's starting to look like it's getting into like, okay, now it's real serious time shit. So Mm -hmm. yeah, like this game, like storyline and like its mechanics so far, definitely right up my alley. I also, really dig its take on the JRPG battle system where it's mm. kind of like, it, it's really interesting because you, you enter a fight, you can have three characters in battle at a time and like your enemies appear on a three by three grid. And like the base, the, the basic main point of this is you can like knock those enemies around that grid and you can set up big chain combos. So it's just like, if you get two enemies on the same square, you can like suddenly have all three characters attacking two enemies at once. And you can set that up, in many different ways like you can attack like yeah you can attack up to probably eight enemies at once if you can get that enough attacks you know stocked up and there's definitely a lot of strategy to it to where you can like switch out your turn with anybody else's turn on the board so you can like just set yourself up for these long strings of turns that you get to set up these really big combos but you've also got to like endure like uh, the penalty for switching, which is you take 25 to 30% more damage, I think. I can't remember. Uh, but you've also got to endure all of the enemy's attacks that, you know, you've jumped up in the timeline, you know, as well. So, like, if you get to a point to where you set up this big strategy, but now you've got to waste all these turns healing, like, did you really think that out strategically? So, yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a fun little game. I'm having It's a classy. Great- Oh, it is damn classy. It the, is. It's classy. The Arrange album is so good. I like, Oh my god, the soundtrack to this game is phenomenal. Yeah, and if you think that's good, like it's just straight up Yoko Shimomura like orchestrated in the Arrange album. It's so good. Oh, Yoko I, Shimomura like, turned fucking loose. Just yes, absolutely. It's so good. I I think I had the arranged like battle theme just the you know, dun, 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 dun. and it's just—it's such a good like little background track for setting up mm-hmm. all these crazy intricate like chain combos. Absolutely. But the uh, the arranged album—I'll just put on the arranged album, and it's like uh, battle theme half hour version. Like, thank you—that's what I want. <laughs> just let it go. But oh, yeah, so... I am really, really intrigued by this game. Like, I can't believe it's taken me this long to finally get around to it. But hey, better late than never, right? And it's definitely. Definitely the the shot in the arm I needed after that fucking miserable Star Ocean dog shit. It seems like it's basically seems like the exact opposite of Star Ocean. God, I'm surprised you actually. Why did you actually go back to Star Ocean anyway? I'm curious. I I don't. Somebody got it for me for Christmas, (laughs) and I was just like, Why did they hate you? Was it a cat (laughs) gift? I didn't want to be mean and like never play it. So it's just like, I'll at least say that I played it, and it's eh, not my thing. 
I might not be as brutal as I have been here tonight. I might just say, eh. Is it like, is it like when you're uh, like people who don't play games hear you like games and they buy you Wii music and you're like, oh, oh yeah, great. (laughs) No, no, these these friends are not like. They knew that I liked RPGs and stuff, and I guess they just didn't know that I really just had no love for Star Ocean, despite the fact that I fucking own them all. (laughs) So it's like, I I own Star Ocean 2, I own Star Ocean... Polly, I'm going to be honest with you, you might have walked into that one yourself. Yeah, it's like, you know, they probably just had a look at my game shelf, I was like, okay, Star Ocean 2, Star Ocean 3. Star Ocean? Oh, she probably likes Star Ocean, I'll just, oh, here's the Star Ocean here good idea it was, a good, it was a good idea no way we already cleared you the fifth game and now they're, yeah they're gonna get you the fifth one. Oh my that game looks like a clusterfuck it's like you can have all seven party members on screen at once and they're all fighting and that totally doesn't look like a clusterfuck at all i watched i watched a video of that game and it's just like it just looks like garbage it looks like total garbage but it's but star ocean should just go away like i want it to just go like I wanted, to, the I wanted made anything good. I wanted to, to <laughs> crawl up a butt and just stay there forever. Just stay in somebody's colon. Polly, I got a great idea. We're gonna build a big beautiful wall and we're gonna deport all the Star Ocean. <laughs> you got my vote. Let's make RPGs great again. There we go. And that's all I've fucking been up to. John, my main man Thire. Yeah, hi. Hey, buddy. (laughs) So, where we last left our hero, John, he was three battles away from finishing Final Fantasy Tactics and desperately trying to finish before the last Sox cast and failed. Aw, sad face. So, 20 minutes after the last Sox cast ended, (laughs) I finished Final Fantasy Tactics. Nice job. What'd you think? It's really good. Yep, that game's fucking fantastic. It's a really fucking fantastic game. Like, talk about classy. Jesus. Yeah. That game's it's like class. it's like a fantasy novel got sent to Japan and they made a game around it. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. It's and, then, just... and then and then it got translated and some of it didn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Well, you, you can't win them all. Yeah. Enough of the magic comes through. I feel like. Absolutely. Is there is there any way to experience that in an okay way, or is it kind of like Final Fantasy IV where everything is basically compromised? Well, like the War of the Lions version adds a really shittier translation because they tried to like use fake Elizabethan and all of this. Yeah, I saw some samples of that. It's real shitty. Mm-hmm. Whereas the PS version at least has like, don't blame me, blame yourself or God. Or God. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> oh God. Um, so yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics, rock solid. I'm glad Absolutely. I waited for a couple months after Final Fantasy VIII so I'd be ready to love again. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, came out before eight, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I wish somebody had told me. I thought I was going in like some kind of chronological order. But no, I went out of my way to play eight before Tactics. Mm. I think it was like Final Fantasy VII, Saga Frontier. <laughs> oh, tactics, Final, Fantasy, oh. Final Fantasy Tactics, Saga Frontier. Oh, I did like an advance, like a chronological rundown when I had some extra time at work, and of and yeah. Well, either way, there's a saga game in there that doesn't need to be there. Um, we'll get to that. Um, so, Frontier so, fucking broke my heart after Final Fantasy uh, VII. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I don't remember like, which one that is. The bad one. Well, I mean, I don't know JRPGs that much. I have to look. Oh, okay, that one. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, I saw so immediately afterwards. I started um, Final Fantasy IX, 
That's not a bad choice. Yeah, because I, um, yeah, because now I've played all the other PlayStation One Final Fantasy games, and I, I remember thinking like last year, like, oh, my representation, my understanding of Square's PS One catalog is really just kind of lax. I played Chrono Cross and Parasite and Final Fantasy Seven. Wow, and, you're like missing good stuff, like, 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 like Brave Fencer Musashi and uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Yep. Yeah. Uh, nine. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of good stuff. And Some, I went through something, that something of fate. Threads of fate. That's cool. Threads of fate. Yeah, that game's good. Cool. Yeah, I could bring up the list, but that probably there's probably been enough of me reading lists in the show. Yeah. 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 Square pre. I, I basically just went through and compared like chronological rundown of all Square English releases compared with Square Enix English releases. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of like getting to live through. Getting to kind of try to understand what y'all live through. Yeah, well, you start with 3D World Runner, and it's all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm about halfway through this two in Final Fantasy IX. That game's real good. You were there in ten hours. How? I don't know. Is uh, that really fast? That's really fucking fast. I finished this two at like six hours. This disc one at like six hours. I don't feel like I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm not really like exploring the world maps or anything, but I spent an hour running around the big town talking to everyone and leveling up all my equipment and da 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 da. Wow, that just seems real weird to be on, like, to be like halfway through disc two and still like yeah. only 10 hours in. That just I'm, as an adult, no less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chewing yeah. through it and it feels really quickly paced and it, it's falling kind of like Final Fantasy IV did. No, what I understand. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's way the fuck down. I, I like, kind of I told someone because there's someone I to, I would tweet about Final Fantasy IX, and then they'd be like, "Hey, I hate that game. Let me go exhaustively into why." And I bet I, I know who it is. Oh no, actually, no, actually, it's not Austin for <laughs> no, once. He, he likes nine. Oh uh, wow. You no, know, so, so then I was like, finally, like, hey. I know this kind of gets worse as it goes along. I braced myself for that disappointment. <laughs> Just let me experience it for myself. I imagine, I imagine you're going to end up and uh, you're going to be like, oh, actually, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, exactly. I walked into it like, okay, I know it's going to. And I'm halfway through disc two. And it's like, oh, this is still really fun. I, <laughs> I expected slow stomach. torture and I only got shot in the stomach. <laughs> this isn't that bad. <laughs> now, that was Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah. Yeah. I'm coming <laughs> Which was the one... Polly and me were like, don't fucking play that one, John. Don't play that one. And he's like, oh, this isn't so bad at like the start and then disc two and then disc the three. The <laughs> game, I kept trying really hard and it did not. And then it finally <laughs> ended. And then I was just like, yeah, this is this shit. <laughs> I remember that um, the main thing I remember about Final Fantasy VIII is it has the Chrono Cross problem of, oh shit, our budget ran out and we don't have an ending. Here is the ending. Uh, everybody explains things to you. Fight the boss. Basically, yeah. And oh. then in addition, except they have an even worse plot point of just like, they, oh, uh, time collapses on itself and everything is one. I would also refer to that as the Xenogears budgetary problem. <laughs> yeah, th there's so many examples you can bring up of just like oh yeah <laughs> and then Square's ps1 era it, yeah exactly they overestimated what they could do they spent forever on the uh the beginning and then they can't get to the ending <laughs> yeah uh, it's over now i mean this is the group of people that made final fantasy 7 so they made, did that and then it's like okay yeah we can do this we're, we're, we're the best we got this you know and then, 
I can think of another square PS1 RPG that doesn't have an ending, but we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Final Fantasy IX is really good. It's the only one with like that actually feels kind of like tightly constructed, like characters wise. I mean, besides tactics, but like all the characters have their own like preset abilities and what they can equip and whatnot, and yeah. they're meaningfully different. Yeah. And how is that combat system after spending hours just drawing on monsters? Oh my god. Oh, oh, no! You yeah. don't draw. You don't spend hours drawing on monsters. You get the you get the guy at the beginning that lets you um, you fight a few monsters, get five of these items, and then you can refine them into a hundred waters before the first fight thing, and then level your strength into um, really high immediately. And I and hate that I know how to do that. And then never cast magic again. And then never cast magic for the entire game. The only and magic he uses aura. God, that game's you never kill anything so you don't level. Just beat it at level nine. Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I ever wow. knew about Final Fantasy VIII was like it looked better, and then I saw like I think it was Spoonie forever ago, where someone he was basically saying why Final Fantasy VIII was terrible, and oh, then yeah. someone that was said my like first but, experience with the game. Yeah, too. and then somebody said like, but I don't understand why is the draw system bad? And he just uploaded a video which was just him talking over him drawing a single spell from an enemy. Just yep. over and over and over again. And it's just like, that's the battle system? That's the battle system. You get to build your character by sitting here and hitting one button on this monster forever. Now that's ridiculous. You don't need to draw magic. You just need to get items from enemies, turn those items into trading cards, refine those trading cards into magic, and then equip that magic to your character. You and then give that draw. magic to the Billy Goat's Gruff, and he gives you the magic coins and just... Yeah, it's, it's a completely sensible system. You're just failing to grasp the nuance of it and making it seem way more obnoxious than it actually is. It is really ambitious to take a system that where everything turns into other things that turns into other things and be like, and that's how you upgrade your characters. But... I'm sure you can transform magic spells like back into items or something. I'm sure yeah. you can just turn it into this big circular clusterfuck. It has to, you have to be able to do that. How are you finding the loading times on Final Fantasy IX? Because, man, those battle loading times, I remember them being real woof. It's pretty rough. I'm pretty yeah. pretty uh, done with, yeah, that's the PS1. That hurts. Yeah. So this, uh, Especially uh, since the random encounter rate does feel like it's a little bumped up a little bit. I'm not sure. I've just heard people say that, and it's like, yeah, it seems does seem a little bit of that. You were saying, Rhett? Final Fantasy IX just came out on, like... Steam. Kind of an HD re-release thing, but yeah. you're playing the PS1 classic on Vita? Yeah. It, okay. it, and it chugs at point in the, during some of those CGs uh. because the game is... Again, I thought that um, when Kuja came on, I thought he had this like really weird avant-garde, <laughs> um, arrhythmic track. And I was like, whoa, this is so cool. And then I read it and then I listen to it online. It's like, boom, boom, boom. It's like, oh, boom, no, this boom. no, that's just chugging. <laughs> no, it was just, it was just glitching. <laughs> I think on the new version, there's stuff in there to, like, disable random battles and just, like, make yourself level 99 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. really funny. Final Fantasy VIII on the PC had that as well. You just press the F keys and you can just, like, max out spells and stuff. It's story yeah. mode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for games that are this old, like, who cares? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. At some point, you're just like, yeah, let me break the game and figure this shit out, you know? I mean, come on, I can only be 17 and 18 and invest all of that time into <laughs> having every character at level 100 and beating a mega weapon. You know, I can only do that once in my lifetime. Yeah, that, that was my favorite thing, is hearing people talk about, like, yeah, here's how I beat the final boss, and it's just like, every stat is 999. Basically, yeah. 
But oh, um, this is a dumb little thing. What was that uh, one? <sighs> Super anime uh, had anime cutscenes. They ported one to the Zeno DS. Here? Oh no, no, they ported one to the DS and took out all the anime cutscenes. Chrono Trigger, Lunar, Lunar. Yes, thank you, Lunar. I, okay, I remember. Um, Lunar Two, I think it was. A friend of mine actually used like some sort of uh, Game Shark. I think it was Game Shark. Anyway, mm-hmm. he gave uh, to give him so that way every stat was ninety nine. But what he forgot is that there's actually a number of attack stat that was 99. Yeah. And so he just went into the battle and he uh, swung, <laughs> hit, swung, hit. And he's like, oh, uh-oh. God. And then he just sat down and started reading a book and then looked up, <laughs> swing, hit. Well, I guess I'll come back later. There's, swing, um, just... <laughs> there's a great mechanic in the first Lunar game, which I wish they would have kept in the second, is that like every boss's uh, stats scales with Alex's levels. So like they like all of their stats are like a base number times Alex's level. So like the the bosses are always leveling up with you. So it's I, I wish they would have kept that for Lunar too. So you yeah. couldn't just turn to level 99 and just beat the shit out of them You could out. turn the game to level 99 and it would be really fucking hard. <laughs> wow, that's interesting that a JRPG actually punishes grinding. Yeah, it's Well, it's, that's it's, Final Fantasy VIII's thing too. Yeah. But that game's mu- that game's it much punishes. easier broken though because like all you got to do is slap on the You know how I beat and... the final boss in Final Fantasy VIII? I went to a random island, equipped the no encounter ability, and wandered around, and then you collect a bunch of the most powerful spells in the game just yep. on the ground. Yep. That is the most effective way, because I wasn't high enough level to be able to draw aura from Seifer. Yeah. So that was the most effective way to do it. Apparently, the enemies on that island are always level 100. Yep. But if you have no encounter, which you get from Diablos, and... How does that game have so many systems? I, I don't know too much about Final Fantasy VIII, but every single time I hear about it, it sounds like a Pokemon game where the most efficient thing in the universe is to not catch any Pokemon and to just <laughs> run around in a circle and get every item in the game. And it's like, wait, how do you beat the bosses with items? It's like, well, there's a system where you can... I'm like, no, 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 okay, stop. Like, <laughs> like I'm good, right. I'm good. So there's systems on top of systems on top of systems, but there's also a story about a time-traveling witch... Um, and then another witch that's possessing her, but then she's actually trying to possess her through another witch who lives in space. And then yeah. in the ending, time breaks. But really, it's actually this story about two um, dudes who have this big rivalry with each other. Um, and that's really the core focus of the story. But, but the really, focus, yeah. it's a love story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's really just about Quistus being the best teacher. The, the point is, it's basically like War and Peace, but better. That's all I wanted to say. It's just... yeah. It's really, about, it's a love story. It's about trains <laughs> and how they're great. The main thing really with me like... is I understand people not liking Cloud and I understand people not liking Squall, but also it's one of those things where it's like Cloud is a fucked up, broken dude who's falling apart at the seams when the beginning of the game. Yeah. Meanwhile, Final Fantasy VIII is about like here, this is for you to transpose yourself onto. Please empathize with this character. It's like you mean the guy with a hot teacher and a new friend and everyone likes him and thinks he's the coolest and they all want to fuck him and everybody's always like, oh, I'm sad. Like, how am I supposed to <laughs> understand that? Like, oh, God. God, I literally, I, I just kept thinking up ways like, okay, you could cut out like three quarters of this game and then the rest could be something cool. Like, make a game that's just Squall, Renoa, and Seifer. Like, none of this other bullshit. 
uh, you, you have to Undertale it. Make it a five-hour RPG with only one yeah, thing you're done. Yeah, exactly. Undertale Dragon Quarter it. And you fight, you start off the game with Seifer and Squall and Renoa, and then Seifer leaves your party after betraying you, and then he's the final boss. There you go. Boom. Mm -hmm. Boom. But no, you need three... That's not epic that, enough. We need 30 hours, including 20 hours of grinding. That was one thing I, I remembered, realized while playing the game, was um, they have a Black Omen rise out of the ground, and I'm just like... There's like <laughs> I thought about all three of the witches in um, Final Fantasy VIII, mm -hmm. and I realized that Queen Zeal and Chrono Trigger accomplished every single story function that all three of those characters do combined. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh wow. With like a quarter of the screen time of any of them. They really were getting high, saying, "No, no, no, more witches. We need more witches." Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so nice to hear people explain to me why Final Fantasy VIII is so weird and broken and fucked up in ways that I don't it's understand. It's like four different games mushed together. And, they wanted and to none of them epic. are good on their own. Yeah, none of them are really good on their own. And you know what else? They resolve all of the story and all of the characters, and then they plop you in for like a four-hour final dungeon yeah. with like a final boss gauntlet that's like five forms. And there's no emotional connection with that character. So that's, that's when they broke me. I was just like, oh my god, this is just nothing. Guys, like, we need a final boss because we need a final boss. It's you know such how an hard ambitious it is? train wreck. You know how hard it is to make me hate a final boss? I think that a final boss has too many forms. <laughs> I, I've I, tried. You've tried. You failed. <laughs> you failed, Rat. You did not succeed. Final Fantasy VIII succeeded. <laughs> oh Man. my god that's a bad game um, you know it really every, really every is single though. time people talk about bad jrpgs i just kind of have this spot in my heart where i'm like i still think chrono cross is okay yeah that game, like i would definitely play chrono cross again before i ever touched final fantasy VIII again. Yeah, but, but that's the thing i forget is one of those things where it's like you know it's not a great game it's relative it, it does a lot of weird things then you're like no 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 Really think about, like, if you really think about Final Fantasy VIII, it's not as bad as you think it is. Chrono, Trigger, Chrono Cross is a lot better than you think it is if you compare it to actually terrible JRPGs. Yeah, and I think Akitoshi Kawazu was involved with Chrono Cross. <laughs> At least it looks amazing and sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, except for the battle theme. I can't stand the battle theme. Yeah. Dun, Just... dun, 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 dun. That's one thing you probably could have left in Radical Dreamers. Yeah, there, Kato. And you hear it the most. Ugh, give Ugh. me the boss theme. The boss theme is so good. Yeah. Mm. I had that soundtrack on CD. I listened to it a bunch. Good stuff. That's one of those ones I would have imported, but yeah. yeah. Chrono Cross is like a well-intentioned clusterfuck. Final Fantasy VIII is probably well-intentioned, but I don't really want to give it a hug anymore. They um, just want kept... It. They kept trying and trying and adding more. Uh, You're like, okay, scale it back, scale it back. Both are games that are like, hey, we just made the biggest game ever. Um, we just made Chrono Trigger. We just made Final Fantasy VII. What Squall, the fuck now? Squall is Tomoko only less likable. Mm. Yeah, yeah kind of. Honestly, Squall was like the thing I liked the most playing the game because it's like, okay, here's a, a character thinking things and having a psychology because like Quistus and selfie and zell like Quistus is hot but they're I mean, just I mean, come, on, come on zell likes hot dogs dude 
they it's it's like Sailor Moon season one characterization. I, I said. Are you not so. Are you not paying attention to me here, John? Zell likes hot dogs. Oh yeah, Zell is probably the most likable Final Fantasy VIII character. Oh, that is really sad. He likes, he hot, likes dogs. hot dogs. He likes hot dogs. Oh the my. cast of Final Fantasy VIII is basically the um like they're like the Ninja Turtles opening of the characters for Final Fantasy games, where it's like here's this and there's what I do and here's what I like and here's what I like and here's my name and here's what I do and it's like, is that all we get? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay, so, so Squall leads and uh, selfie likes trains. Yeah, yeah. Selfie likes trains. And There's things. no reason to have any of the characters in that game in your party besides Squall and Renoa. Mm-hmm. And they're they're not like deep or anything. No. But they are the only ones that matter. Yeah, I, I, that's one of oh, my I main things. They forgot about the horny sniper. Irving. What? Irving. Oh yeah, yeah. I was going to say, um, that was one of the things that always baffled me about Chrono Trigger, is the fact that every single party member in Chrono Trigger got so much time, or Chrono Cross, sorry. Every single character in Trigger got so much time and so much, like, like dimensions to them. Mm-hmm. You just rotate them a bunch, and you like, get to see all this part about them. Mm-hmm. And then in Chrono Cross, it's like, hey, I'm a big fucking pink dog with a weird lisp. I'll join your party. Yeah. Do you do anything? No. No. I no, have no storyline relevance. Hi, I'm a Martian. You just randomly encountered me. It's kind of like I am vital, mandatory in order to reach the final dungeon. Yep. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, wait, why are all these characters here? And it's like, well, we probably had ambitions at one point to do some sort of Suikoden like army thing, and we didn't do it. There's three characters in battle at a time. Why do you need 45 characters? I never. And he, one of them always has to be Surge. Yeah. yeah. You have two and then even when, spots. And then even when you switch him out and you can not have Surge, it's like, well, also, I spent 90% of the game with him, so he has all of the best levels. Like, can you even the best switch stats. him out at any point? Uh, yeah, it's la- later in the game after he okay. turns into Lynx and then turns back, you can actually switch out and have anybody in your party that you uh, want. But there's okay. no point, because he's got all the best abilities. Like, I mean, as good as anything is in that game. He knows Luminaire. He knows the, the Mass yeah. Moon thing. He's one of the few you can actually get a... Uh, like a triple or dual tech with because mm-hmm. yeah i will say one thing like um it's funny how much that uh, chrono cross just imitates chrono trigger yeah like and it's just like well i mean i get it i really do but like you've got a billion characters and you copy pasted some of them like maybe that's an indicator you shouldn't have 50 billion characters yeah mm. who's glenn oh we'll see he's a disgraced knight who lost his master to him okay guile I appreciate this lucia <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's with the fucking, like, the Baroness from G.I. Joe just hanging out in that game? Like, yeah, I'm a scientist. Like, why do you have a French accent? Why are you here? Oh, my God, the accents. There so, is... So, John... Square's, Square's loadout is interesting, huh? John. Uh, so, Final Fantasy Nine. Yeah, I was about to say, how about that Final <laughs> Fantasy Nine? All right. I, I so apologize playing, for derailing. Final Fantasy Nine is um, just me really appreciating Square's, um, at their best, their craft... Um, yeah. that game's just really well put together. Like at any given point, it's just, they show you where they, you know, where you basically have a good idea of your goal. Things are clearly communicated. Um, the battles are intense. Um, the characters actually make sense. The character customization stuff actually makes sense. I like how, um, I think at this point your party met your party at any given point is static in this game so far. Yeah. Um, like in Final Fantasy IV, which I love. Yeah. Um, it, it yeah. Keeps, it keeps you uh, within limits. Yeah, exactly. You have to, like, 
that was just the coolest thing in four because you'd have these strategies and then you'd have to totally change your strategies because now your tool set is different. Yep. Um, so I appreciated that the art style went for something weird. Like after everybody really liked the tall, gangly characters from Final Fantasy Seven's um, battle sequences and eights, just everything. And it, it let them be so much more expressive with the character models too, because yep. every character has their own unique uh, animations on the field <laughs> and stuff, and it actually looks really cool. Yeah, and I thought I would hate like the squat monkey tail dude and the you know VV and like the big tall knight dude who looks like as wide as he is tall. And I'm like, VV. I love I love that Steiner. I love it. I love that Steiner clanks around when he runs. <laughs> just he's clank 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 clank. That's it's, a cute touch. It's awesome. VV is adorable. Mm-hmm. I want Beatrix. I, I want I want Beatrix to dominate me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Beatrix! Yeah, she Beatrix is oh great. Freya's great. She is the best. Oh my god. Freya is awesome. Oh my god. And Zidane is just like sort of like butts or any of those old characters. Yeah, Um, he's he's kind of a big pile of butts, really. He kind of gets a little less just horny monkey boy as in long, which I appreciate. Um, This character is kind of butt. It's like from Final Fantasy IV. No, I said as in butts, as in like kind of like like okay, yeah. Um, yeah it's just, just never like, get over that fucking weird localization that was done by fans. It was like his name is Ass. Like, okay, <laughs> it's for me. Um, I still say butts just because it's really, really funny. It really, is. right? It's, Doesn't it make sense for the main character of Final Fantasy V to be named Butts? It does. It, and it, does. And it makes sense for this podcast to endorse that of all podcasts. I endorse the translation as of butts. Heard it here first, folks. Because that's so dumb. Um, Yeah, just really appreciating Square's just craft. Um, Just kind of on my mind. Um, um, So yesterday I um, played Soccer Frontier for like two or three hours. Oh. After I got home, like late at night, after Anna went to bed. Oh, so this is the shame pile. Yeah, the shame pile. <laughs> the things you do. No, actually, you actually, um, I think Anna said she like dug the look of Saga Frontier after playing Chrono Cross. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's got a great art style. It's got yeah. great music. It's just a shitty game. I love you. <laughs> just the contrast of the battle, car, the bat, the three D. Battle things. It was a, oh. that was our first PS one game, so it right. was like whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the battles look like shit. Mm-hmm. And Chrono Cross. No, or... Saga Frontier. Oh, like... that's the that's the thing I kind of really like is because it has it this kind of garbagey. Really, I like how it looks. I don't. I like. I really like the dynamic camera. I like that it loads really quickly and that everything moves around quick. And I like the camera reminds me of Pokemon Black and White, which had this like. Zooming in, zooming out. Um, the sprites getting bigger, sprites getting warped around, and it just the it, it has this high energy feel that I really appreciate. I really like how the battles feel in the game. Um, all I did was just play through one of the dungeons where you get swallowed up by a um, creature while flying between different spots, and I realized that I'm actually pretty close to wrapping up Amelia's route. Um, so I figure I might just beat that and then. That is a real good up. ending. I'm sure there'll be a great ending. I, I freaked out um, yesterday because someone linked me the ending to one of the routes where in the middle of a boss battle, the final boss battle, it um, just freeze frames during an attack animation and then fades to sepia tone and then the words the end come up on the screen. <laughs> That's it. 
we're done. You link that, and I'm like, oh man, that attack is really cool looking. Wait, did it, did it freeze? What what's going on with YouTube? And, oh my god, really? <laughs> <laughs> when I actually put my heart and soul into trying to like this game, that was the one ending I got, and I almost Ugh. I almost snapped the fucking disc. <laughs> Um, like after I beat Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> oh God, that game. What? Nothing. Okay. Continue. Um, but yeah, I, I remember what I liked about the dungeons in that game is where they have all these one-way um, exits. So actually navigating and forming, kind of creating a spatial relationship with the dungeons is sort of a nuanced process. And the one I was in had a bunch of like one-way Pokemon teleporters basically. Oh good. I love teleporter mazes. It's making uh, me happy. So there's a there's it's really just kind of the mood of it and the and I like how the battles feel. Um and otherwise it's basically the same game as Romancing Saga on the SNES except that that game was just aesthetically offensive. Oh god. Yeah. Is just hideous there are rpg maker games that look better there are are dozens yeah Uh, are there rpg maker games that look worse oh i don't know (laughs) so saga if like since they're all the same game basically um saga frontier is the prettiest so i figured i'd um play a little bit more of that and maybe wrap up one of the roots after finding out how good those endings are yeah you're for some good stuff well, I keep like watching this video of the robots ending, and it's just is this really pretty final boss fight with this really good Kenji Ito song, and I'm just like, then fade to sepia tone. Oh. I hope they all do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently with blue ending, blue's ending, he's been like he like stranded himself in hell, and now is fighting the devil. And maybe he's just been doomed himself to fighting the devil forever because of his violent ways. I don't care. It's stupid. Okay, that's fair. So Saga Frontier frontier is connected to Doom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, and there's the Romancing Saga 2 remake that's coming out on phones next week (laughs) for $18. And that's the first time um, Romancing Saga 2 has come out in the States. It's the first time it's been available in English via a fan translation or otherwise. Yeah. And that's the that was the only one that hadn't come out that hadn't got a fan translation at this point. So now we can all play all of the saga games in English. Oh we'll totally be we'll get right on that. Uh, our next that'll be our next spoiler cast right there. Isn't uh, Unlimited Saga like active torture? Yeah, that was his most original that was this he made the four basically four romancing saga games in a row and then he made Unlimited Saga and then a romancing saga remake and then nothing else for 10 years. Wow. It actually killed the franchise. Unlim- Unlimited saga is a board game. Yeah. Which is, it sounds kind of cool in some ways. So. <laughs> I'm picturing I, Mar of saga version of Mario party now. <laughs> roll, you roll pro- a die. As I, understand it, as I understand it, you're not far off. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, I remember picking up the game and you know how you think like, okay, when do I get to kind of like fuck around and play about in this game? And then it's just like, you're just sitting there watching dialogue happen. And then the chess piece moves and you're like, I didn't even do that. And then you're just like, okay, continuing dialogue. Yep. Continuing dialogue. And then chess piece moves again. You're like, um, Hmm. I'm still not doing anything. (laughs) Yep. And it's like an hour of that. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, as I, I understand like, it, Persona Four lets you advance dialogue too, but like, let's be real. The um the the dungeons in that game, you move around on chess on a on a board, and um you have Random. a limited number of turns to finish the dungeon. Yep. And every single action you take, um, opening a treasure chest, opening a door, fighting a monster, attacking a monster, Resting. you have to basically roll a die to see if it succeeds. And if it fails, then you have to use up another turn to try again. Um, that and then, seems like it's regimenting the entire JRPG formula way too hard. So, like, if you want to open a treasure chest, you could waste five turns. Yeah. And, then you, and if you run out of turns right before the end of the dungeon, you have to restart the whole dungeon. Oh my god! Um, and I, you're and also, there's enemies have HP and LP, and the only way to kill an enemy is to drain their LP. Yeah. Um, and you can do HP damage, and the more HP damage you do to them, the more it increases your chance of dealing LP damage. What but the fuck? Dealing HP damage doesn't kill them. It'll never kill them. Um. And in, like, a regular Saga game, you, once, you, once you hit HP zero, then they take LP damage, and then they're dead. Um, but in that game, you just your chances of dealing LP damage vary according to how much HP you've done. Everything in that game is random chance. It's really weird. So your Mario Party sense. analogy is not far off. Exactly. Yes. Yes. It follows the trend of the Saga games just being, like, literally entirely random. Yep. Yeah, like, it seems like a pretty logical conclusion. It's sort of the weak, the worst aspects of the Game Boy games, and then just grinding on those all the way home. Because I still think those first two Game Boy games are really cool. Um, but yeah, I think these games are probably kind of bad. But Saga Frontier is pretty, so I'll probably play it for like three more hours and maybe watch <laughs> Amelia's route. And then probably not play anymore, really. Well, maybe beat the robot's route. I don't know. It's, it's pretty. But Final Fantasy IX, in comparison, I've been really appreciating how much craft goes into making a functional JRPG. And even Final Fantasy VIII, in comparison. And here you used to scoff at games that were playable. Yeah. I, oh, I had a whole bit planned where I was going to be like, hey, so, you know, I'm going to list some adjectives that I associate with Final Fantasy IX. Playable. Functional. It works. It guides you <laughs> the direction you're supposed to go all of which are synonymous to me with boring so i love that <laughs> but i couldn't really bring my heart into it um but yeah soccer hunter is pretty so that actually guides me back to it a little bit i'll just listen to the soundtrack <laughs> it's a really good soundtrack it's actually true that if a game has good music then it's automatically good did you know that we can't wait to show up on Did You Know Gaming. <laughs> Did you know gaming? Snake's Revenge? Know, mm. Did you know? And then it's just a picture of Saga. And it's like, this is a good game because it has a good soundtrack. <laughs> Unlimited Saga has really good music. Uh, also a great game. Also it has a fantastic game. Hey, any any thoughts, any feelings whatsoever about Saga Frontier 2? <laughs> okay. Because it's so, not... Here's it's my not thought. Fool me once. It's not a Kawazu game. It's a, but the last time I played a Saga game that wasn't Kawazu, it was Saga Three, which is by the crew that made Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, and it's oh, I was, worse. That's than right. Any. Is it? 
isn't Glazer the guy who got shipped off from Square Enix to his own like separate cake to ruin? That's why they gave him sagas because he fucked up Final Fantasy too. That's right. Okay, that explains They're it. Like that's, you go over here and do your own weird shit or whatever. We You're, don't expect you to make money, but just stay over there. Just do something. Yeah. For some reason, we can't fire you because your dad owns the company or something. <laughs> so Japan. you just go over here and make your own crap games. And yeah, just... he's made he's made three games. It was Game Zero was Final Fantasy two. Game one was Final Fantasy Legend one and two which I legit really like, which is what caused all this fucking, <laughs> all these shenanigans. Um, I have Final Fantasy Origins on my, on my Vita, by the way. Um, um, he made Game 2, which was Romancing Saga, Romancing Saga 2, Romancing Saga 3, Saga Frontier, and then he made Game 3, which was Unlimited Saga, and then that was it. So, I imagine it's one of those Japanese corporate culture things. It's like, well, we can't fire you because we don't want to do that because that looks bad. Yeah, and we're not Konami, so we give a shit about that. Yeah. So, please go over there. Fantasy Twelve, that worked out great, right? It could have been so good. <laughs> it could have been so good, and it just wasn't. Yeah. Oh, the gambits are so cool, though. It's a system that was about to be really good up until, like, you know, the people in charge said, like. Yeah, eleventh hour changes, and no, don't make it like Star Wars. Make it about the young kid, or people can't understand the characters. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Fucking ugh. ugh, what a tragedy. Square <laughs> Enix, huh? Oh boy, good, good All right. company. So Square that's... Enix, what a tragedy. Just have that embossed on the side of the building. <laughs> New logo. <laughs> <laughs> I could. By the way, I could never play any of the King. While we're just going over that. I could never get into any of the Kingdom Hearts games. I played the first the first five hours of the first one like four times. So Am boring. I missing out? So I like, boring. I like the first one okay. What I I don't want to deviate too much, but like don't right, we're okay with that. Did you guys play? <laughs> did you guys play Metal Gear Solid Four? Absolutely. What did you think of it? I liked it because it was stupid. They have how do you fight feel? ninjas? It's great. Right. Okay. So. You know that feeling that you get when you get through the parts of the game that are awesome and you get to the ending and you're like, oh man, that was so good. And then like three days later, you look over and you're like, what the fuck happened in that game? <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. Like even like when I was looking back and like, man, that was fucking stupid. Yeah. Okay. So imagine that Kingdom Hearts 2 is like that, except imagine the middle of the game is... Like, you know how the entire game of Metal Gear Solid 4 is chasing Liquid Snake? Yeah. Imagine if you didn't meet um, Naomi. Imagine if you didn't have interaction with Sunny. Imagine if it was literally just go to place, Liquid's there, he gets away. And there's no plot other than that. Oh, God. That's Kingdom uh... Hearts 2. The entire plot, they burned up in the Game Boy game, which is really good. So then, mm-hmm. when they get to the Metal, the, then when they get to Metal Gear Solid Four, yeah, Chain of Memories. Then when they get to Kingdom Hearts Two slash Metal Gear Solid Four, there's no plot, and so they just fill for time. So it's literally a game of here's all this interesting stuff in the beginning with the nobody versions of yourself, and then that character goes away forever, even though he's interesting. You get Sora. Sora goes, "Oh, I need to find Riku." Flash forward to twelve hours later. Oh, there he is. <laughs> I oh. and, but, and then the ending is seriously this fucking insane anime thing where the writing fucking like crazy super like like fantasy swirly jet bikes and like chopping buildings in half and like this big gloriously ridiculous fight scene and i'm like this is so awesome and then like the day after i'm like you know i could break this in half and it would feel really good 
<laughs> like it's oh god that game was so fucking it had so much potential and they just like we we have a game we need to fill and we only have a beginning and an end fill for time just fill for time and on top of that like the battle sequence is like you know how you had to dodge it's really easy right yeah you know how you had to dodge to live in kingdom hearts one yeah in kingdom mm -hmm. hearts two you hit things until you fill your overdrive meter turn on your overdrive meter and everything dies, and then you yeah. go back to hitting things. Mm. There's no difficulty, which I kind of yeah. appreciated about it, but also when there's no plot and there's no difficulty, what do I do? <laughs> what have you got? Yeah. Yeah, I, I played Kingdom Hearts 1 like five times, and it was really boring every time. So that's the good one. So, yeah. Also, like, a lot of my happy Disney nostalgia kind of drifted away, and I was like, well, do I get to see any Final Fantasy characters? Oh, there's <laughs> Cloud. That's kind of cool. <sighs> Chain of Memories was by Jupiter, who went on to make The World Ends With You. That Rock. makes a lot of sense, because that game is a card-based system where you do a whole bunch of crazy shit. and They're both good, weird. apparently. Yeah, Chain of Memories is really cool. I, I played um, The World Ends With You, so that makes me interested in Chain of Memories, at least. But, yeah, Kingdom Hearts is weird. Mm -hmm. It's uh, a weird, weird series. Alright, yeah, that's that's basically... Oh, I, I bought Imbroglio, the new Michael Bro game. Um, it's really good. You know, you know how 868 DAC is a roguelike on a 6x6 grig? I'm going to bet Imbruglia is probably similar. Imbruglio is a roguelike on a 4x4 grid. His go. preceding game, Zaga 33, was a roguelike on a 9x9 grid. It's just going to keep going down and we're just going to have a one grid <laughs> roguelike and it's going to be great. It's like one square, there's a puzzle here and you've got to figure it out mm. somehow. Um, oh, the witness. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously like i'm not mocking the fact that he made another roguelike because no. he also made um a really good action game in helix he made uh, a really great puzzle game in corrupt um he's made he's made a bunch of competitive he makes games, good shit glitch tank so he's done like four genres and then this game is completely different from 868 hack um because it's kind of a collectible card game oh no, but you have all the cards at the beginning. Right. You just you lay all you um the four the eight the sixteen squares all have a weapon on them, uh -huh. and then you have a deck of cards, um, and you can build your own grid. Okay. And you can only have four of each weapon in the board, so you have a so you um you build your own kind of array of weapons on this board, and. It, it's really clever. <laughs> gotcha. Um, there's just like four. There's four corners. Monsters are coming out of the corners, um, and you're trying to collect these gems. There's one gem on the grid at all times. When you collect the gem, there are walls on the grid, and the walls change, and you heal a little bit of your health meter, um, and you and you have two kinds of health, and then you just wander around, and then depending on which square you're standing on when you attack a monster, you deal different kinds of damage. And you take different kinds of damage, and the all the cards have different effects. All the characters you play as have different effects. It's absurdly deep, and it's on a four by four grid. Um, so it's just an incredibly good balanced thing. Yeah, I definitely game. respect this guy's design yeah. philosophy, and he kn clearly knows what he's doing. Yeah, it's just kind of another perfect game from Michael Bro. <laughs> Um, of which he's made like seven 
So, yeah. yeah, he's like as far as just like craft and just making things as good as they can be. He's better than basically any game designer I think I know. Right, right. Um, yeah, Imbroglio is really good. It's definitely definitely makes a lot more is a lot more better put together than Saga Frontier. <laughs> doesn't take doesn't take fucking much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where I'm at. That's that was my week. That's that's all you've been doing. Mm-hmm. Rhett. Rhett, my, uh, my boy. Rhett. I got a lot of stuff written down here. You got a lot of... What are you trying to do to us? What are you trying okay. to do to us, Rhett? Five-hour podcast. I knew you were going to ruin this fucking episode. Uh, well, get going. <laughs> I'm going to throw to you and say, hey, you listen to any new Radiohead albums this week? Who's, radio, <laughs> who's Radiohead? They're Tom York and the guys. They do the musics. Oh, you mean like Muse? Yeah, I like Muse. No, Radiohead. Yeah, Muse. <laughs> I don't know how to continue this bit. <laughs> I, yeah, we didn't plan that bit, did we? No. No, not no. at all. Oh, we're a, we are a comedy machine. Where yeah. We just, just fire, fire, firing on a firing on, master. Right? Firing on firing on all one cylinders. Man, we just edit, and then we, especially after we edit these podcasts down to the one-hour broadcast version, where yeah. we just cut out, cut it, everything but just the best. Well, bits. we do cut you out, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait till the inevitable edit of just like you know, I said, two, cutting the down the one-hour podcasts. The two, uh, the two of uh, uh, Reet and Polly ripping off posters. It's like Radiohead, Muse, Radiohead, Muse. Just there you go, forever. <laughs> I can't fucking stand Muse anymore. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I would be the one going for Muse, but yeah. um, yeah, um, boy, I think it's really great that somebody finally took Tom York's Casio keyboard <laughs> out back and fucking shot it. <laughs> yeah, so Radiohead released a new album, and hey, it's actually good, unlike the previous one, which was yeah. hot fucking garbage. Yeah, the King of Limbs was bullshit, and then like they saved it by doing that in the in the base or from the basement live version. Uh, the songs actually, you know, weren't just Tom York piddling around on a Casio keyboard. I'm still not like a huge fan of that compared to like any of the other albums, but like it's a oh, absolutely, version. absolutely. I think those songs are just kind of boring. They start and don't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, but yeah, um. A moon-shaped pool. This album's really fucking good. Yeah, it is. It is atmospheric, dreamy. Um, it, it has its high points, but it is like this album has a mood. Yeah, and it's it like sticks to it. This is like pyramid song of the album. I was gonna say like in Rainbows Part Two, but like the real slow, moody parts of that amplified up. Yeah, I can see that. Like just. How it sounds, though, is very similar to In Rainbows, I think. I I just, like, I got more of, like, an Amnesiac vibe. It feels like a sequel to Amnesiac to me. Really? Yeah. Cool. That was my first Radiohead album. I'm, I'm sorry. Good choice. Amnesiac is way better than Kid A. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I really like Kid A. I like Kid A as well, but I think Amnesiac is the better album. Cool. You're out of your goddamn mind. This is not a joke. <laughs> I can't. I can't compare I can't. them. I just was like, yeah, these are both good, really good things. Mm-hmm. Like well, at least with like the Benz and OK Computer, it's like okay, these are very okay. resolutely different yeah. visions. And then with yeah. Kid A and Amnesiac, it's like okay, these are kind of 
two where sides did, of a coin. Where, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, this album is definitely in that pool of like real consistent moody albums that with like no rock songs. Yeah, there's like like the guitar is there. I don't think there's any distortion on any of them. Uh, it's a lot of synth, a lot of orchestra. Yeah, so good. So good. So good. I do wish that Spectre was on the album. Yeah. Because that song's, like, real good. Yeah, and it really does fit, um, I think, if not thematically, then at least from, like, the the, the, the soundscape standpoint. Yeah. uh, It really does fit. Uh, So, the one thing that really bugs me about this album mm -hmm. is a certain song came back. After like twenty years. Yep, they revived a song from nineteen ninety five, ninety six. Ninety five. Yeah, true love waits, and then they wrap the album up with it. And the new version is kind of nothing besides lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I kinda like I still don't think it's bad. It's definitely not bad. It fits this album being a mood piece, but it's just like, man, really? It's like, like that song it's has been twenty years of <laughs> bootlegs and like one good live recording yeah and uh then you get uh this kind of bit of a whimper of a song to go out on uh it's for what its final form uh takes i think that's what bums me out is that this is like once it's on an album that's the final form yeah and like the background music just kind of sounds like random gibberish almost yeah yeah it's 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 very disjointed in a way that you would not expect that song to be especially given you know the time period from which Mm -hmm. it originated yeah so like i was really pretty disappointed on it at release and then i saw a thing apparently tom york broke up with his longtime girlfriend of like 23 years oh last summer oh and i think this song in this shape might be a reflection of that Oh yeah, that can. Uh-oh. So it's kind of like letting go of something from that same era, basically. Yeah, that that's that that actually makes a lot of sense. And the vocals on it are just dreary. Yeah, like just and even the original lyrics, as is, is just him going, "Don't leave, don't leave." Yeah. And with this greater context, is pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, it's, oh. it's so so it it's good, but it's like. If you're listening to it from just like a song that's been around for 20 years and you want to hear a really great studio version of, yeah, this probably doesn't deliver in that sense. But if you have the context, it makes a lot of sense as to why that song ended up the way it did. Yeah. And I do think like Tinker Taylor kind of works for me as the last song in the album. And this is kind of like a coda. An epilogue, if you will. Yeah. 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 Because I think if you take it off, like it kind of does feel like it's missing something at the Tinker end. Tinker Taylor, Soldier, Sailor, Rich Man, Poor Man, <laughs> Beggar Man, Thief. Yeah, I don't say the whole name of that, that song. Is a, cause... That is a great song title. All of the songs are listed in, on the album. They're sequenced in alphabetical order as well, which is weird. Which is so <laughs> fucking strange. It's like, did they reverse engineer their album to make it work this way? But it, like... For the most part, the album listing does really work that way. I think Daydreaming is the only one that really bugs me where it is. Yeah, it comes after Burn the Witch, which is the kind of like one of the more upbeat songs on the album, and it's the yeah. opener, and then you go right into this drear fest that is Daydreaming. 
But Daydreaming gets so big at the end, it kind of exhausts you. I think it works better later in the album. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, best track on the album, Rhett. Oh, God. Um, I'm sticking to my guns, and I think Identicate is uh, the best track. I like so much of it now. Like, I don't even know many of the names specifically. I think the numbers is really good. Yeah. And present tense. Like, there's nothing I really dislike. I think track four took the longest to kind of click with me. Hmm. I gotta say, like, oh. there's a lot of great bass playing on this uh, album as well. Um, you you might not notice it if you're not listening yeah, for it, but the I, the bass work is incredible on this album. Yeah, I honestly hadn't noticed that at all. It's really really good. I like. Is it Dex Dark? Is track Dex three? Dex Dark is really that good. One, yeah, that might be my number one. That not a bad really choice. Good. Not a bad choice at all. Yeah, it's really good. So and what it's else? Real, <laughs> I'm just glad that. Um, the previous album is not the final Radiohead album. Yeah, like, if this is the album they go out on, which, yeah. I mean, for, for some reason, and, that seems to be the consensus for some reason. I think, who knows? Like, I cannot predict anything from this band. Yeah, it's just like... But, like, but if this is the album they go out on, it's pretty damn good solid note to go yeah. out on. Especially with True Love Waits as that closer. Like, yeah. it's yeah. an interesting way to end. Yeah. I just did not want... I can't, King of the Limbs to be the final album. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I watched Captain America Civil War right after we did the podcast last week. Woo! Oh, thank God, something I can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that movie is really great. Yeah. I think that might be the best Marvel one for me. Uh, I Civil War is still uh, is really really good and probably number two, but I. Like, nothing will compare to the first time you see the Avengers and you're like, wow, they actually did it. And Winter Soldier is just so fucking good. Winter Winter Soldier is... Winter Soldier is really, really good, too. I have... I unfortunately have seen these, like, really out of order. (laughs) Where I saw Iron Man and Hulk and then Winter Soldier. So I kind of missed a whole bunch there. So when I went back to the Avengers, it was kind of like, yeah, I've seen these guys together before. It's not Mm -hmm. as groundbreaking. Oh, we saw it in theaters in Hong Kong. I yeah, I'm sure I was that on a Hong Kong was trip. Different. It was really fun. When it was just because I saw it years oh, later after that. Yeah, I was total zeitgeist, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think what works about Civil War is that they make you care about the characters in a way that the other movies really kind of haven't. Mm-hmm. And like because the villain is really good, and because of what his goals actually are. Like, mm-hmm. it's totally different from any of the other movies where it's not this big. They, like, they totally subvert the whole, we have to save the world from Doomsday thing. Because all these movies were just getting so exhausting. Like, they're always saving the world from impending doom. And this time, it's just, these dudes are pissed at each other. Mm-hmm. I, I do like that the Captain America movies usually end up being, like, except for the first one, obviously. But Winter Soldier and Civil War, both are like, you know a bad thing is going to happen, but it's all a very personal level. It's not quite to the same degree of like, you know, like, I don't even think anyone's really trying to kill Captain America. Like in either movie. Like, I mean, Iron Man, obviously people are trying to kill him. Uh, Thor, Mm -hmm. people are pretty much trying to kill him or like trying to bring about some sort of disaster in civil war and uh, Mm -hmm. winter soldier. It's like, no, I just don't like you guys. And it's all like interpersonal conflict and like, you know, getting Bucky back and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. The climax of Civil War is the most intimate of any of the Captain yeah. America movies. It, it yes. gets a little ridiculous that he that the guy was able to orchestrate all of it, but I do appreciate mm-hmm. that like 
I think it was the best friend cast. I keep mentioning other podcasts because I love them so much. But like mm-hmm. the best friend cast had this moment of just like, you know, you wonder why do they fight? And then you get to the point where they fight and you're like, yep. Okay. I yep. got nothing. It makes sense. You, you yeah. do, do what you need to do, man. I completely can't blame you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's just, it's a great it's, moment. Even if it doesn't like completely make sense on a mechanical level, it's still and like, even if a you great know, moment. Even if you know, you just look at it and you're like, yeah, if I found that way, I would react mm-hmm. badly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to get into too much spoiler stuff though, because yeah. this movie's pretty new. Holy shit! I just realized something. What? Well, I've been seeing people tweet about Imbroglio all fucking week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't look like a Michael Bro game. It's like I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go on that wild tangent <laughs> there, but I just like I, I was looking up to see how I needed to spell that for the show, uh, and, like mm-hmm. in the show notes, and was like, wait a minute. I've been seeing people tweet about this game all freaking week. Your ability to avoid spoilers is really good. <laughs> I I do my best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I, I like Winter Soldier more. I mean, Statue of Limitations mm-hmm. is way past on that one, but like, it's more of a spy movie. So yeah. like, you get all this stuff. All this stuff is happening, and you know, characters are betraying other characters, and the center is just Captain America who knows he has to do the right thing. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate that about the movie. Winter Soldier is like. It's sort of like a Bourne movie, but then you put Captain America in the center of it instead of Jason Bourne, and he just yeah, and, and Captain America has the whole thing up. Yep. It's but so then great. it ends with a giant flying battleship of infinite doom and lasers, and it's just kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the climax in that one is is probably the thing that is like okay. Like, I didn't. I didn't mind it. Alone. Yeah, I didn't mind it at the time, but like those movies get so overblown in the third act usually. And Civil mm. War doesn't, and that's what's so perfect to me. Because mm. mm. uh, wh- the, the big airport battle is the other great moment. Yeah. Because they don't take it seriously. It's a mm-hmm. fun moment. Like, Spider-Man and Ant-Man are fun. Mm. And that's <sighs> what Batman versus Superman was 100% lacking, where they took it 100% serious the entire movie, and it was just mm. completely exhausting and joyless. I'm actually mm. going to watch that next week with my wife, and we're just going to have drinks and hopefully yeah, enjoy ourselves but like everything i've heard is that it's like painful and i'm hoping we're gonna have fun with it rather than like because like I've, I've seen like people come out of it being like that was the best comedy i've ever seen but even <laughs> then they're just like "Oof, that was uh that was a lot yeah, yeah. it's man it's of steel lot. is not fun bad it is just bad bad I yeah, right? that one. yeah. Mm-hmm. it's bad bad the one thing i was gonna say about civil war is that a lot of people have said that um the parts where they kind of quickly stitched in Spider-Man do kind of stick out. And yeah, the like airport that. scene drags on a really long time if you're not really into it. But if you are, it's a blast. Oh, see, I, was so in- I was so into it. Everyone was just like an hour long. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was like it flew by because it was so fun and I was enjoying it and loving oh, it. Yeah, totally. But if you actually think about it as a movie and you think about the structure and how much it needs to be there, you're like, this is kind of just like shooting off fireworks halfway through the movie and then getting down to the climax. <laughs> I, I mean, like, yeah. I appreciate that, but not wrong. So that's yep. why I like Soldier more. It was kind of weird. The tone, like, immediately kind of reverted back after the airport mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, can you really come back from that? But they pulled, I think, the third act mm-hmm. pulled it off. With yeah, for me, it was like, like there's uh, the 20 minutes in the airport was, like, amazing. Glorious. Some of the best spectacle in any of these movies. And then the 10-minute climax is just amazing and intimate and cool yeah and, and then the, the rest of the movie ends. is just kind of the rest of it is just kind of like setting up the dominoes so that that stuff yeah kind of 
works. Whereas Winter Soldier, it's like this whole movie's pretty good, and then it sort of dribbles a bit off at the end. Um, and then with Civil War, it's like I don't really remember the first half of this, but there's the scene on the highway it, where Black Panther first shows up. I thought it was oh, really good as well. God, yeah. So good. Black Panther is so good in this movie. Yeah. Um, I my favorite thing about Black Panther, and we'll stop after this, but like my favorite thing about Black Panther is the fact that like he is the strongest and the coolest and no one in the outside of the universe like bothers to even try calling him on that. Like everyone's just like, yep, he's the strongest and the coolest and a prince. And he's got a sexy accent and just, (laughs) he's the best and he's so awesome. And everyone in the universe like, yeah, uh uh-huh. Yep. Mm -hmm. No one questions it. And he gets over his like hang up at the end of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. And he is a little arrogant in that movie. And he's going to be awesome in his own movie. Yeah. It's great backdoor pilot. Just like Uh. season two. Mm-hmm. I really like these movies. I like. Some I really of them. like. I really like this one. Yeah. <laughs> I like the Captain America movies. That's yeah. about it. I really liked Ant Man. That movie is really fun. I really liked oh, Ant Man in this movie. Mm-hmm. Need, <laughs> you're cool too. I, I, I was really so terrified. I went to see this with my dad. I was terrified he was going to hate it because he didn't like Batman versus Superman, obviously. But oh, he's mm-hmm. been kind of down on all the Marvel movies in mm-hmm. general because they're just always saving the world and blowing shit up. Because Avengers 2 is really bad. It's yeah. like, ugh, if that but one... But then he totally loved this one and, like, because it made you care about the characters and about Bucky, like, mm-hmm. they set it up in a way for people who aren't really paying attention to all the interconnectivity of these movies could still follow it and really enjoy it. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a weird thing to mention, but, like, I work in just, like, doing dumb shit in a grocery store, but, like, my f- the one thing I really appreciate is that when Avengers Age of Ultron was coming out, every fucking time I saw Chris Evans' face in the outfit, I was just like, <laughs> god damn it, his lips are so fucking bright. I can't handle... He has, like, big, puffy, like, out-in-the-sexy-nightclub lady lips, and it's just every time I see him, like... I can't stop staring at them. Someone please change the colors on this box heart. And it's like every single fucking snack food and Pepsi and like face is fucking everywhere. And like all of the Captain America stuff, it doesn't look like that. I'm like, oh, thank God. I can't handle any more of that. I don't know what it is, but like every bit of promotional art just looks so weird. Now I'm going to start thinking about that next time I see him. It won't be. No, it's not that bad. (laughs) It's just the Age of Ultron. It was Age of Ultron oh. promotional material looked really weird. Like uh, maybe oh. if I I'll see if I can find something while we're chatting here. But yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead and move yeah. on so I don't keep derailing the podcast. You know what's so weird? Going back to Scott Pilgrim after seeing um any all the Captain America movies and then realizing that the douchey actor is Chris Evans. <laughs> yeah. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't even know. Yeah. Who, who skateboards so hard he blows himself up. Yep. That's Chris yeah. Evans with in oh, a beard. Wow. Weird. My favorite was um uh, seeing Fantastic Four like, like in, in in retrospective and like seeing all those movies and you're like, yeah, he was not a good Human Torch. I don't know what they were thinking. They just oh, put yeah, the first one of those up on Netflix and my dad is like, you gotta watch that one. It's way better than the new one. I'm like, well, that's not hard to do. They they stepped over the hula hoop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so continuing the trend of movies. I've been kind of catching up on the classics I missed as a kid lately, where, like, I watched the Star Wars trilogy and Terminator 1 and 2 last year. So I watched the first Alien movie. Yes, you did! Ah. Yes, you did! Mm, That movie's good. So good. Yes. 
that movie's really goddamn good. Holy yes, crap! It fucking is. Don't go. Don't watch Alien Two. Really? What? You mean Alien Three? Or Aliens? Don't watch Aliens because it's really? in it's in no way like what? a similar movie. Well, it's a, it's a completely different movie, but that's like saying like, you know, I I I know you like John Carpenter's a thing. Don't watch like. I don't know. Uh, I know you like horror, so you played Silent Hill 2, don't play Halo. Like, Yeah, what? but it's just, like, if you if you go into Aliens thinking that you're going to be getting more of what that first movie did. It's like watching Terminator and then going to Terminator 2 and expecting that again. Or expecting something similar of a certain vibe. You're not going uh-huh. to get that. And, like, Aliens is just not... Like, I don't think it's a bad movie, but, like, don't go into it thinking, oh, man, another great horror flick. Well, mm. I didn't, because okay. two nights ago I watched Alien, and yeah. last night I watched Aliens okay. for the well. first time ever. Well, fuck my face, then. <laughs> and the last, like, act or hour or whatever of that movie might be the greatest of all time. Like Anyway, so Aliens is a really on... fucking good movie, right? I think Aliens is good. I just don't yeah. think that it's the same kind of movie, and it just oh, it's not. It's, it's I don't think anyone argues it is, and I like Alien One more anyway. Yeah, but yeah. Alien I think that's it's just really my great. bias. Okay, it's just my yeah, bias. I get you. Yeah, think... Alien is a uh, haunted house in space, and Aliens is like the the best joke I ever saw was like you know I'm appreciating all these Halo references and Aliens. You know, yeah. it's like it, it sets so much grounding for every single sci-fi action anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aliens is the one where the person um, pulls a grenade in the vent chute, sacrifices themselves to kill all the aliens mm-hmm. and save people. And it's the one where she gets in the suit and fights the queen alien in, in the thing. That's yeah, where it, that's where your Metroid stuff comes from. And, uh? alien, and Alien is the movie where you see the tracking thing, and then there's like beat, 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 and then he turns around, and then the alien is just there in like for like two frames. Yeah, and yep. it's so like quick. F- and you jump like a foot in the air, and you're like, oh, he's dead. Yeah. Whew. That that scene fucking every time is just like because <laughs> he's just crawling around. He turns, and then the alien like opens its mouth, and it cuts away before you can look. And at it's it just like, oh, that's above most, it. It's so effective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so I think the thing is sort of like Alien. Aliens is an amazing sci-fi action movie. Alien is probably the best horror movie like ever. Yeah. So I yeah, guess it, I, th- I see where your conflict down. is coming, Polly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny how I'm just trying to give my first impressions, and you guys have been discussing these movies for like 30 years, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Go on. So, Red. I'm just saying. Oh, I don't think... get me wrong. Like I only saw the, uh, Aliens. Uh, Alien like last year. Like it had been a okay. really long time. Yeah, yeah. So Mariah's just as slow as you, Rhett. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm I'm very behind on it. It's like, oh, what was it? Um, but I envy you guys at the same time because I would love to be experiencing this shit for the first time again. Mm-hmm. So it's I think it's not always as fun Red, as let Red to talk. Think. Let's let Red talk. I think... <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, I think uh, Alien is probably actually like the better movie as far as like consistency and tone and yeah. just like building a pace. And then having it just kind of literally explode at the end and like building that tension <laughs> the entire time. But the last act of Aliens, when it's just Ripley and she's like, no, fuck it. I'm going to go back in by yeah. myself. God. There's your Metroid the, moment. The greatest yeah. 
ever, 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 ever. I like was going wanted to blow up on Twitter in a John style fashion last night. Like he had just seen the ending of Undertale Pacifist. But I'm like, no, I'm gonna save this for the podcast because holy shit, I was literally crying at how fucking cool that whole scene was. It's really cool. Now that I think about it, I'm kind of astounded that you hadn't seen it because that is like that is me of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Aliens is the Rhett movie. I can't believe I had never seen these because yeah. when I kind of was like, I should probably catch up on some of these classics I've never seen. Like Aliens and Alien were specifically like not on Netflix, not on Amazon. I'm like, well, fuck, I need a DVD or something and I'm cheap. <laughs> God. I mean, just like ending of Hunters where it's yeah. where you're fighting but, the big thing and then you're running out and the timer's going down and then you're jumping on the thing and then she's chasing you. I had you. no idea that you had never seen these movies before. Having, saw, actually, having seen your fucking games. And I guess we like, just assumed. I had, okay, so technically I had seen, I think, Alien like when I was like 10 or something, but uh-huh. it's... I. Literally couldn't remember anything about it besides, like, like everything about that movie is, like, so ingrained into pop culture now with, like, yeah. the face hugger and then it pops out and then the alien. But, like, there were little things I had no idea about, like, the self-destruct sequence. Oh, that totally Metroid thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then when she's in the escape pod, D7 is written in huge yeah. letters on the window. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. yeah, oh, so like all my stuff looks like a met or looks like an alien reference when it yeah. wasn't. <laughs> I was just referencing like, that's the thing. So like Metroid obviously borrows a lot from these movies. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And then Hunters borrows a lot from Metroid, so like that's how the re- the references kind of get yeah. mutated that way. God, that was so that I, was why I mentioned that thing where it's like, oh, I'm appreciating all these uh, uh, Halo references and Alien because like yeah. Alien and Aliens inspired like decades of science fiction, like yeah. just mm-hmm. yeah. enormous oodles of it. Yeah, I saw a video last year talking about how like Aliens is like the Earth Space Marine and like it's so weird to make a video game based on it when it's already kind of influenced everything by itself. Similar yeah. to how Mad Max has like inspired Fallout and then that became the whole desert wasteland apocalypse stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you make a Mad Max and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Not to derail, I'm just going to throw this image in there, but I put it into the chat, and, like, if you look at Chris Evans' lips, like, for some reason, <laughs> I can't stop staring at them. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's... I don't know. That's a weird thing to hyper-focus that's, on. That's... Yeah. I can kind of see... Yeah, I kind of see it. I can kind of see it, but, like, how would you notice that in the first place? Well, for one thing, because I work in a grocery store, and when Age of Ultron was coming out, it was, like, that. those pictures and that art... staring down Chris Evans' lips every day. Everywhere. (laughs) All soda, all snacks, cheese. You close your eyes at night, ready to go to bed. What do you see? Chris Evans' lips. (laughs) Yeah, just, like, I'm sitting there, like, curled up in bed. I'm just staring out with my eyes wide open, just like... (laughs) There they are, Chris Evans' lips. It's, it's... Anyway, also I think the reds were a little bit toned, uh, turned uh, up on the uh, boxes that I was getting, but it was fucking everywhere, and I was like, I can't stop. Can't escape it. Can't escape anyway, it. I'll I'll leave that alone. I just wanted to prove myself. Gotcha. So, yeah, Alien One and Two are pretty good. Yes. Oh god. And the, the DVD collection I have. Oh no. Is Alien Quadrilogy. Oh! 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 You are in for some fun times. 
So Boner has already said, like, boy, I can't wait for Rhett to get to the fourth one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm scared to watch the third one. Yeah, even the, third, one, the third one's utter shit. So I'm curious, how much do you know about Alien 3? I know that it shits all over the ending of Aliens within, like, the first ten minutes. Yes. <laughs> the beginning of the movie is, you know those characters you liked? They're dead. Yeah. Uh, it's so like, Alien oh. Three, David Fincher movie, right? Yeah, this was like his first big thing, and then the studio totally meddled with it. And Alien Four is and Alien Four is Joss Whedon, and then the studio totally Joss meddled. Whedon, and then the studio meddled with it. Yeah, weird. Uh, I, it's so I weird don't... that there's those huge names attached to these two bad for different way recent sequels. Well, I mean, there's huge names attached to all of these. The second one is freaking James Cameron. Yeah. Before Terminator, the first 2. one is Ridley Scott. Yeah. God, I mean, it's and I mean, like, completely different people. Yeah, artists. God, but like, Fox, is really great. Fox only does well when they don't know what they're they actually have on their hands, and they, yeah, and they once let people they're do, cognizant, they fuck it up. Yeah, I mean, Deadpool is a perfect example. Like, oh, oh wait, how did this happen? Oh shit, we gave it like no money, no support, no help. We ignored <laughs> it, and they came out great, and everyone loves it. Okay, next movie, we're gonna make sure that this comes out great, and everyone's like, oh. <laughs> so yeah i'm i don't know if i'm gonna have the energy to muster up the will to watch alien 3 i think you gotta watch them uh, I, never, I mean i, I never will but them. i'm scared because i like aliens too much yeah gotta I complete just, that journey I never, I you, you said watched. you wanted to experience life as we did oh uh, yeah. you get to experience that crushing disappointment as well I mean, at least I'm prepared for the crushing disappointment. I'm not, like, I'm ready for Alien 3 to be disappointing. I'm just not sure I'm ready for how bad Alien 4 apparently is. I think that Alien is one of those franchises where it's like, no, you have to see the bad one. It's like, why? It's like, you have to understand how bad they fucked it up. Like, Terminator Salvation is that, where it's like, what were you thinking? (laughs) What? How? No. What? What? Like... is that the fourth God, one? Those series really went along similar. Proje- um, yeah. yeah, they went. They similar, hit similar trajectories. And the now they're two. desperately giving it CPR. And now they have that new Terminator and Prometheus. Yep. Oh. Des- no, no, Prometheus is gone. Now it's back to being alien again. And they're fucking desperately giving it CPR. Oh, my God. Uh, Prometheus, oh my- was, Prometheus was very bad. I'm legit bummed out right now because I was about to say at least Alien doesn't keep making bad sequels. They just stopped after Resurrection. I literally oh. forgot that Prometheus existed. I've never yeah. seen it, and I'm not going to. Well, yeah. Prometheus, they gave up, and then, like, it's Alien now. It's like, you don't... What? Yeah. No. You don't get to do that. Yeah, they make it make a sequel, make it not canon, then make it canon again. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> movies are Movies are dumb. But also, great. I think studios are dumb because yeah, I was gonna say big studios are dumb. Everything just has to be a sequel or a remake or comic book, which is both. <laughs> I will at I least will can you at least yeah. I mean, that's why the rom com superhero movie is such a good idea because then like we can at least get a little bit of a different palette sometimes. In the context like, of our superhero movies. I feel like Doctor Strange is one of those things where it's not even really going to be a comic book movie. It's going to be like Wizard Fights Cthulhu. And I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Jeff Goldblum. No, Jeff Goldblum's in Thor 3. No, he's in Thor. Like, that. Yeah. that's also cool because it's basically D&D colon comic book edition. I'm like, okay, yeah. Just do do cool shit. I don't care what you have to attach it to. Just do I like, something cool. I liked Thor. 
Thor was okay. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's it's kind of bad, but also I really like it. We've Thor two is like Thor wonderfully. Times. We were talking about pacing earlier. It's just like boom, oh, and we're moving and we're moving mess. and we're moving. Yeah, it's a huge mess, but it's a lot of fun. I it's see like, so many lists of just like ranking the Marvel movies, and like Thor two is consistently at the bottom for everybody. It's so weird because like the last fifteen minutes of Thor two are just like a fucking blast. Like it's really self serious and like Star Wars prequely for like an hour in the middle, and yeah, then. But then, like, once you're the tele, like, all these dimensional rifts are opening around and he's fighting this big, yeah. dumb bad guy, it's Thor so has, funny. Thor has a fight that takes place in, like, 15 universes because they keep on jumping into various wormholes. And then, on top of that, Cat Denning so throws good. a car. It's so good. Yeah. That's it's so, that, uh, it's so uh, trashy good. Yeah. That Thor 2 gets really fun and stupid at the end. And then when, when Loki like shows up War, on the throne good. after dying, and it's just like, oh, okay, Loki's just everywhere. Yeah. Oh, my God. You will God. never be free from Tom Hiddleston. I just, oh, my God. Movies. Films. I played some video games. We talked what? about those. What? are those? Once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Hour three. So you mean you played a saga game? No. Well, uh, I played a game that was a bit of a saga. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> I played uh, some of Infinifactory. And I will get game Minecraft, I guess. What? I didn't didn't hear you, actually. Is that the game that became Minecraft? Kind of. No, this is a game by the developers of TIS 1000 and Space Cam. Oh, I was thinking of Infiniminer. Oh, cool. So this is by those those guys I really like. Yeah. And I I haven't played those, but I kind of see the DNA in this. Yeah. So this is a game where you make factories in order to build things. So every level just kind of starts off with like a tube that shoots out blocks at you. Oh, I and then, factorium. Whoops. Yeah, that's a totally different. I I got confused as well because this showed up in one of the humble bundle things, and I'm like, oh, Factorio. I don't want, want that. And then I'm like, we, oh wait, that's a different game. <laughs> we keep on wanting to take it to studios. We really need to take it to these awful fucking names. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> These are all so confusing. So you take resources and then create yeah. a machine that turns them into other resources. Yeah, basically. Like a so really it's just simple... like Space Kevin TIS 100. Just like yeah. Final Fantasy VIII. No. <laughs> <laughs> so like on a really simple level, it'll be like, okay, you get these small blocks, and but you want to make a big block that's like two by two. So you have to like build a machine that'll queue them up and then shoot them onto four different conveyor belts, spread those out and then have them kind of drop onto each other in a way and then weld it all together and then push it on into the exit. And that's like a really simple example. Cause then another level will be like, okay. And then attach like two other different parts to the front and then two on like the back up part. And then just like managing all the timing and building these factories is like really, really difficult like it's really hard to explain. I meant to. I actually recorded a Red's play of it, but I never uploaded it because it was it too sounds, big. It sounds really easy to explain if you played Space Chem. Yeah, it, it's marketed on the website as like Space Chem in 3D. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it would just break my brain. It, it sounds amazing. It broke my brain pretty quickly. Yeah, because it I'm turns like, out they all, they also made Infiniminer, by the way, the game that got. Oh, I think this is kind of a spiritual. Yeah, successor or a prequel to that? They're yeah. related somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is that. It's kind of like Space Chem in 3D. So like moving yourself through 3D is kind of the worst part about this because like it, the controls are kind of clunky. Uh huh. 
they give you a jetpack, like it's a first person game, but then like you can just hover infinitely, like they let you just zoom around to be Yeah. Kinda like you're you're a mouse cursor yeah. going around this world. But then you can't actually can't fly through the pieces, so sometimes like your machine will get so dense that's like, well, I can't quite hit the tile I want to. Because this thing is so like dense and there's so much shit going around. Like the pieces they give you are all just really simple. Like, okay, it's a lot of conveyor belts and like a sensor that'll activate a push and then like a welding thing and not a ton, like really, at least where I'm at. And then nothing will ever move up. So you have to kind of arrange things so that the pieces fall down and will be at the level height wise that you want them to be to attach them to like the big, the final product. And it's, it's really hard. I'm like, 14 puzzles in and i think there's 50 and it's like well i'm obviously never going to beat this game because like a single puzzle takes me like over half an hour now i told you that space camp ended with puzzles yeah. that the guy didn't know that he hadn't solved yeah, <laughs> ridiculous does that kind of make more sense like that sounded so ridiculous when i said it yeah months ago but does that make more sense now it makes sense because this doesn't feel like a traditional puzzle game where there's mm-hmm. an, a specific answer. It's more like, here's a logistics puzzle. Can you solve it in whatever way you Can want you to? Can you create a machine that yeah. accomplishes this task? Because when you finish a level, there's like three metrics it grades you on. Like, how many tiles did you use? How quickly did you build all the required things? And I forget what the other one is. And then it gives you like a bar graph of like where average players are at. <laughs> I tend to be on the far right because I'm bad at it. <laughs> or I'm really good. I don't even know which way they grade. Mm-hmm. I came out pretty good on the TIS 100 ones. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, there are theoretical best answers to those, but like nobody probably knows them really. Right. The creator almost certainly doesn't know them. You could yeah. probably write like a dissertation on proving mm-hmm. <laughs> or dis or proving that you can't prove what the best solution yeah. is. It's interesting. Cause one level I was like, okay, I got this. I'm going to like build this thing. And it's going to be so elegant. And I'm like, wait, this doesn't work at all. And then I just like delete it all and build it again. It's like, okay, now it's really efficient. Mm-hmm. There's I'm basically always, I'm just always hacking shit together in these games. And just, yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah. no, it doesn't work. Oh, let me, just shove this thing awkwardly in here. Okay, now it works. Oh, yeah. barely. Oh my god, that's awkward. Oh, okay, it works. Works just so, like sex, turns out. So, <laughs> considering I'm like programming every day now, it's yeah, it mimics a lot of that experience mm-hmm. in a really cool way. For me, it's usually like I'll kind of visualize what I want to do, and then like mm-hmm. the first half will be really elegant, and then the last half is just fucking finish it just get it in there at at any cost so there'll be like sensors and like welding tools like two tiles from the exit because i'm just like i'm out of space i need to get this in there (laughs) so that game's really interesting but i got derailed by another game called civilization Uh, Uh five just one more turn just one more turn just i have a love-hate relationship with this game now because I played it for like 40 hours and it spit on me several times. <laughs> oh. So we talked about those Neptunia mods. Yep. And I'm like, I'm going to. So the game went on sale because Civilization 6 was announced. 
And I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy the expansion I need, and then I'm going to play these Neptunia mods. And it was hit or miss. Mm. So I've, like, written out down here, like, my six games through this nightmare. Oh, <laughs> like, no. how they all went. I don't right. So the first game, I'll just try to go through this really quickly. I loaded up one of the, like, Neptunia-themed maps that somebody had made. So I started on Cell Phone Island in Victory. Mm-hmm. And was stuck there for, like, thousands of years with just me next to Pishi. And it was just really boring. Oh, no. So I eventually just kind of gave up and started over. So then in the second game, I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to do, like, four nations, like like the first game is. And what happens when you do that, and I got rid of all the city-states as well. And I got attacked by barbarians, like, literally every turn. Because... <laughs> I think they just, in the expansion, where anytime a tile isn't visible to anybody, barbarians can spawn there. <laughs> and so since I had made the number of tile, the number of players super low, they were just fucking everywhere and yeah. like infinitely respawning and not co- stopping coming after me. So I gave up on that one pretty quickly. Good lord. So then I start a third game, and I've got ten nations this time instead of four. And I loaded Ooh. up the, vic- the victory map again. And I started, like, where Loey is in the game uh-huh. map. So I just basically had a giant forest that covered, like, the entire screen and then some. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, this is, like, insanely difficult to move around because I don't want to cut it down. And it's just insanely boring. Good lord. We are at zero for three now. Yeah. So I played that one to, like, 2024 in game years which is, like, basically should be pretty much done by then, and, like, nothing had still really happened. And I, and I was next to Pishi again. Oh. Because <laughs> why not? Just can't get rid of Pishi. And the thing is that there's two modders kind of doing competing standards for Neptunia civil leaders. Right. And one of them is just way better than the other, where he, like, writes custom dialogue for every character reacting to each other. So, like, when you're playing as Nepgear and you talk to Noir, she'll reference Uni a lot. Like, oh, I don't know what my sister sees in you. That's <laughs> really d- cool. Dumb shit like that. But that guy hasn't done all of the characters yet. So I loaded up some of the other ones from standard number two. And one of those is Pishi. And she just talks like every other NPC in the game. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is super oh, funny that's... because it's Pishi being ultra serious. Like, these terms do not meet my agreement. <laughs> like, <laughs> We are we are at an impasse, it seems. So it's funny in that way, but it's just like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah. So I was trying to use those sparingly, and like, there's one of R four, and like Rom and Ram, but again, when they're all talking straight, like the NPCs in the yeah, game normally do, not it's quite just the same. Kind of boring. So after th- zero for three, I started up a new game, and I'm like, okay, let's play closer to how Civ wants me to play. So I like keep the city-states number how they want. I do eight leaders, and only four of them are Neptunia ones, mm-hmm. and then four of them are actual, like, leaders that are in the game. Right. And I start on the Earth map, which is one of the official ones in the game. Mm-hmm. So I start in South America, and there's resources everywhere, and I'm like, oh, that's what I was missing. The <laughs> Neptunia maps are just really badly designed, oh. where they don't give you any of the resources you need. Like, there's, like, literally none of the 
uh, what are they called? Like vent pre- kind of like premium items, like gold and silver and like just stuff you want to have in your nation to trade yeah. to other nations. Yeah. Like those don't exist on that Neptunia map. And it just makes everything hella fucking boring because yeah. there's nothing to explore and get. Like I said, I was in a giant forest, like 50 tiles of forest all in all directions. Lovely. As a guy who's never played any of these games, this is really funny to me. <laughs> yeah. It was, this was a hell of a week. Um, so I basically took over South America in its entirety in that game, and it was really funny having a mix of Neptunia leaders and some actual war leaders, <laughs> where it's like, oh, Poland is at war with Leanbox. <laughs> Stupid shit like that. And eventually <laughs> Neptune just kind of got way ahead of everybody and won the game through a science victory. <laughs> but So the victory conditions I'm not a huge fan of because it's basically just... Either you win or the it just goes, oh, the AI won the game, but you can kind of keep playing if you want, I guess. Like, oh. It's just kind of a weird thing. Unless the AI goes for domination, in which they will go to war with you, and then that's obviously much more of a literal victory condition than just, yeah. Yeah. oh, Neptune got a rocket to the moon. She wins. The end. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of arbitrary. It does create interesting scenarios. Like at one point, mm-hmm. uh, my friend and I were playing multiplayer Civ, and he invaded me, and like took over an entire like section of my land. So I threw a nuke at it, and I was like, "Oh, you don't want that city? It's broken." <laughs> and then he immediately retreated, pulled everything back, and dumped all of his f- funding into science before I could. So, uh, there's there's some funny things. It was just like I'm invading, and I'm like, "No, you're not." And he's like, "You're right. I'm not. I'm sciencing." <laughs> That game seems like it would be fun multiplayer, but it's so slow. I don't understand how it would work. It's very slow, but it's also, like, infinitely complex, which is kind of why I stopped yeah. playing Civ. Like, I mean, so we, play, um, we played um, games like this during lunch at in the high school computer lab at, on multiplayer, so that was my only experience with these kind of games. So you're just I playing don't... at the same time, though, right? Yeah. Um, more on or less. the same map. Yeah, because I'm just thinking, like, the way this is paced, like, you couldn't, like, play a turn, then have your friend play a turn an hour later when they're um, around. I think that they have it set up so that way unless... I mean, like, if you really know what you're doing, like, there's also kind of a time limit on it, and for the most part, like, people, I think, in multiplayer cut out animations. So, yeah. like, it just becomes, like, thing goes here, thing goes here, thing goes here, a turnover. And unless you're directly interacting, I think that most turns can be taken at the same time. So, like, That's... if you have... It's civilization... Is civilization not real time? No, it's turn based. No, it's turn based. Oh but no, oh, like, we were playing real time strategy games. Okay, it's like we hundreds were... of turns though. That's yeah. why I don't see it working as multiplayer. But I guess it. Yeah, if you're on different sides of the world, like it shouldn't matter if you're. Yeah, you move at a pretty fast clip, and sometimes they like advance the timeline, so you start off in the classic age or something, and just yeah. There's a lot of weird conditions that way you can have a, a game done in like an hour or two, and as a guy who played League of Legends, like that's not that much time. <laughs> Yeah, because I was always starting in, like, whatever, barbarian age, the, the ancient era or whatever. And it's so, like your first 30 turns are, like, nothing happening. Like, you found a city and, like, fight a single enemy in yeah. 30 turns. Like, it's a and really it's, slow game. Yeah, it's one of those weird things where, like, as the game builds up slowly, you have to, like, take out barbarians and start meddling with this stuff and then start kicking these people around and set up a good thing, find any wonders. And, like, when you first start playing, you're just like, what does this matter? And then you actually yeah. learn the systems. You're like, oh shit, that matters a lot. It's yeah. Weird. 
Yeah, that was why I kept starting over because every time I was like, oh, I get how these systems work now. I should start over. And yeah, then... that's that's the civilization learning curve is I don't yeah. understand. I do understand. I'm fucked. Yeah, I understand that I'm fucked yeah. <laughs> is basically my first game. And this wasn't the first time I played it before. I had thir like 30 hours in it before this, but like that was a couple of years ago, so I kind of had to relearn everything. Yeah, so I anyways, don't Civ. <laughs> in this fourth game, like I could tell Neptune was going for a science victory. So I'm like, I'm going to build a nuke and like <laughs> throw it at her capital to stop her spaceship. If see if that'll work. But then she won anyways before I could do that. But I brought the nuke over anyway. You nuked her anyway because you're I a good sport. Anyways, because yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, that was really fun. Finally, that I played like kind of as the game wanted me to. So I started a fifth game, and. Before I um, played these, I was set on Steam that I'd like to do like a text LP or something just to see show everybody like the wacky Neptunium mods and stuff. Yeah. But then once I got in, and the first three games were all misses. I'm like, this this Fuck is it. work. Basically, the fifth game is the one I should have done an LP for because it got fucking crazy. Uh oh. <laughs> Where when it was hit like the swing. It's pretty fun. Yeah. This was the one that worked for me because it was, I did six leaders, all Neptunia characters and like a randomly generated continent. And like uni got way ahead of ever the way ahead of everybody tech wise, but like she was kind of a pacifist. Uh -huh. And then like there were wars happening overseas that I couldn't really see, but like Plutia lost her capital to vert somehow. So like Laystation two is just owned by or not Laystation. Um, Ultra Dimension Neptunia is ru ruled by Vert, and like I wanted to found a town next to an oil spill, and then Uni founded a town there like one turn before me, so I just went to war with her and took it over. <laughs> and then Noir is like, I'm gonna invade you, and I'm like, hell no, you're not, because I got like mecha shit. Because I was playing as Nepgear, and the custom unit for her are like Nepgeardom, those robot things. Yeah, those are so, awesome. So I built a bunch of those and was just like literally kicking her soldiers around because <laughs> for some reason Noir had gotten way behind everybody tech wise. So like I kind of steamrolled her and then Vert basically bought off all the city states and won the game through diplomatic victory, Bitch. which was kind of disappointing. That's what but, she would do, though. Yeah. So I kept playing and I could tell Vert was up to some shit because she's kind of building up an army and moving into Noir's territory. Right. So she goes to war with Noir, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to let you do that. So I declare war as well. And she rolled in hard with, like, a billion artilleries <laughs> and just bombarded the hell out of Laystation and took it over. And then she did something really clever and evil. Uh-oh. She takes the capital Laystation and then immediately negotiates peace with me. Oh. And I'm because, like, the way the AI works, they only really care about g getting capitals because that's a victory condition. Yeah. So she no negotiates peace with me. I'm like, okay, this is over, and we'll figure out if we can get the capital back later. She negotiated peace with me, but not Noir, and she kept fucking attacking Noir. <laughs> and I literally couldn't do anything because the game won't let you break a peace treaty. Oh, wow. So Ooh. for ten turns, I have to sit there... And watch her, like, take over every city, right? Because Noir was on the same continent as me. So, like, I'm just watching this happen from my capital going, oh, I fucked up. I <laughs> fucked up. 
she, she like takes over every city and then finally the peace treaty ex- expires and i'm just like okay screw you and i start nuking those cities wow <laughs> if you if noir can't have it you can't either so i drop two <laughs> nukes on former laystation cities <laughs> and then I can only remember the uh, History of Japan video. Oh, we really want to use these nukes. <laughs> and then Vert rolls up to Plan Neptune and drops a nuke on it. <laughs> <laughs> so she grabs my capital. And I'm like, well, sure. So I nuke Plan Neptune again myself. Oh, God. Because it was now her capital. So that shit went crazy. That's incredible. And then I played a sixth game, because at that point, I'm like, oh, this is great. This is the best game ever made. I'm going to keep yeah. playing more. And then I made another game, and like five hours into it, Plutia rolls up to me with like a billion cannons and just completely kills me. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, okay, fuck this game. <laughs> so, it had highs like and lows. Yeah. Like, there are things about that game I really don't like. Like, her being able to buy off city-states is kind of a cheap tactic. Like, when I googled, like, modding city-states, like, every single result was mod to prevent people from buying off city-states because it's a broken tactic that works too well. Yeah. Because, like, I tried to give, like, one of them 3,000 gold, which is, like, a ton, and it still didn't say I was the top donor. I'm like, what? How much money does Vert have to, like, buy off, like, 20 of them? That sounds once. like AI tactics of just cheating. Yeah. Like, I have infinite money, and I'm going to do yeah. this because I want to make a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I think even on normal, which is what I was playing at, the AI does have numerical, like, modifier advantages on you, which sucks. Yeah. And then on there's deity difficulty, which is like, we don't think people can actually beat this, but somehow people do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That, that's so, what you always do with games like that are that tightly balanced, is you say, like, you know, like, I want to be the guy. There are no save points in this difficulty mode. And then someone's like, yeah, I did it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. And then call the mode impossible mode. And then people do it. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, when Civ is good, it's really good. But it was bad a lot of the time. And part of that was that mod, like, having shitty maps. Yeah. Like, it's also just incredibly frustrating when the AI wants to go to war with you and you're just not ready. Yeah. Because I'm just thinking, like, a lot of these games, like, you spend hours, like, building up your town. I'm almost like, I kind of get the appeal of, like, those farming games now, where I'm just building my cute little city. And then you get to watch it all burn down at the end. <laughs> yeah, there, it kind of reminds me of, like, when I first uh, really got into League of Legends. The thing I always liked is, like, a game starts, and it's just everything is blank. And you're like, I have no idea what's going to happen, and I'm so excited. And then after, like, half an hour to an hour, you're like, yeah, everything's pretty much dug in, and... We're all building shit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's really exciting at the start, and then it's like if you have like a neighbor right next to you, it's just like, oh, I can't, I can't get my nation bigger anymore. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Or like, I took all the resources, and now we're just kind of sitting here waiting for the modern age to happen. Mm-hmm. Jeez. So, I might play more of it because then I'll kind of talking about the highs are making me want to give it more, more. Give it another yeah. shot. Because I actually started the seventh game, but like I did dumb rules for it, and it didn't wow. go anywhere. Civ also makes a lot of like dumb shit just possible. Like, you know, you you <laughs> like travel into the middle capital. of it. What's that? 
like nuking your capital after it gets well, taken over. There is that, but there's also like you know you fly, uh, you uh, have your ship exploring around so you can see more of the map, and then it like comes across and there are like flagged as barbarians, and it's just like dudes with like army helmets and like green fatigues and uh, yeah, I hate that. You know, like bolt action rifles, and you're like barbarians with bolt action rifles. What? And then like you know you have um you get to a point where like. You have a Harrier uh, aircraft like flying over, and there's like a dude with a spear, and he chucks it at it, and it took someone's hand, <laughs> it dies, and just the dumbest shit in the world, where it's like that, that shouldn't happen, and it does. Yeah, barbarians with guns is ridiculous, though. Like that's really teased me off. Where it's like, I am in 1900. Why am I still dealing with these AI barbarians spawning constantly? Like because that's they just... have to fill the area. Yeah, it's it's dumb. It's dumb. And I was real close to being like, uh, yeah. So before the map where Plutia just wrecked me, I was. I even said on Twitter, I should just do a pacifist run where it's just me building a town. Yeah. And then five hours later, she destroys everything. And I go, I wish I had just done a pacifist run without any <laughs> AI. I think Vienna actually does that, where you just become a city-state. Huh. I, I, one of the, I know one of the nations in Civ Five, like, literally, is just a city-state. You just yeah. invest in trade, you have one city, and never expand. There are even, there's like modifiers you can set to be just like, no, no war, no players, no mm -hmm. peace, just peace only, no barbarians. Mm -hmm. I found a mod that was supposed to be like, oh, barbarians won't respawn, and like, nope, didn't work. They nope. kept fucking coming. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. Cool, cool. So I guess it's time we move on to everybody's favorite new segment of the Soxcast. We like to call it Butt Steam, where we take some of the <laughs> like finer, that. finer moments of people posting really intelligent things on the internet, and I, I read them, because that's always good. Uh, if you got some butt steam you would like me to vocalize for you here on the podcast, you can shoot it to poly at socksmakepeoplesexy.net. You can either shoot me a link, or you can shoot me uh, a paste of it, or an image, or whatever. Uh, this one comes in from our good pal, Rhett. Uh, you guys might know him. Oh, cool. Uh, heard a lot about that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. He's all right. I hear particular things about his penis, but we won't go into that. Uh, this is from uh, a YouTube video called A Fox in Space, which some of you may be familiar with. Came out a bit before uh, that new Star Fox Zero game came out. It's a cartoon. It's like, it's like the 70s style animated, yeah. grounded Star Fox thing. It's really good. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible so this is a comment on that particular video uh once you brace brace yourself this is a bit this, this is a bit long but it goes places <clears throat> this is fucking awful the animation is atrocious but that's a lie and there's no point to any of the dialogue it's all flat and uninteresting everything about Star Fox has to be some big damn joke to you people this is why legitimate science fiction involving uplifted animal-human hybrids can't be taken <laughs> seriously. What? This garbage. It all has to come to some kind of wink-wink, nudge-nudge joke about how inherently silly it all is. <laughs> the fact that it has 800,000 views for such unintelligent, unthoughtful drivel is disgusting when there are so many more creators out there that want to desperately be heard, but are drowned out by overpowering tide of licensed drivel like this. Halo, StarCraft books, Warhammer, etc. Has a StarCraft book been printed in like a decade? I, I don't think so. <laughs> 
you just slap the stupid name of something that has some brand recognition on it and off you go. You don't even fucking care about creativity or bringing anything interesting and new to the table. This is the degeneration of the moder- of modern creativity and it sickens me. It disgusts me that some garbage like this can gain so many views when there are so many more out there putting thoughtful, compassionate effort into their creations. And they won't be heard because they're drowned out by the white noise of this utter garbage. This is this is like grade school animation. You're proud of this? You really should be ashamed for everyone that you have denigrated by the act of putting this bullshit up here and calling it creative content. Do you have any sense of creativity at all? Do you just think, hey, look, I could put the name of such and such on there and people will like it. I don't even have to care. You have no sense of artistic integrity and you disparage the entire human race's accomplishments with this sort of amateur half-cooked nonsense. This is an insult to everyone who has ever tried to get a novel published, a game recognized, or anything. You can just go and be like, hey, look, here's Star Fox, lol, and get you a million views. You are disgusting, and you should feel ashamed of what you have done to the creative landscape of humanity. Congratulations for being one of the few people who is bold enough to stand up and say, I am willing to retard the course of human creativity creative expansion with this irritating unwatchable nonsense you should feel ashamed and disgusted this is why legitimate content creators such as myself didn't write there that it is. <laughs> such as he didn't say that but i'm sure that's what he means yeah who, who write thoughtful stories in epic universes write wonderful music can't be taken seriously because of the trash you put up instead to wash it all away you disgust me yeah that part <laughs> where he says like can't uh, you know like can't get this published like I wonder if he's talking. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> gee. This guy you're... is so mad that, like, my woefully unpublished novel. About about furries in space that don't that aren't Star Fox. Yeah. That anyway, guy I, I just really needs to, chat, to, like. I would really love to chat longer, but I have work soon and I haven't eaten, so I really do have to actually peace out. All oh. right. We're going to say goodbye to Mirai, but before he goes, I want to ask you, where can we find you? I am on Twitter at the Mirai. Very easy to spell. M-I-R-A-I. T-H-E-M-I-R-A-I. Uh, and that's pretty much the only spot because the other spots are all locked down. So find me there. Shout at me if you Ooh. like me. Thanks for being Thanks on. Thanks for stopping by. Appreciate yes. it, dude. Sorry I couldn't be on longer, but it was a we- I only work weekends, so. It's fine, to- dude. Cool. You take it easy. Yeah, see you on, guys. Bye-bye. Later. So that guy, that other guy, <laughs> needs to probably turn off his computer, <laughs> yeah. pour a hot bath, get a nice drink, masturbate, <laughs> To his furry porn. To his furry porn. Because that's, that's fabulous. Masturbate to your furry porn. And just take a chill pill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The thing about this that gets me is like I get where he's coming from. Because this same sort of thing used to drive me crazy on Newgrounds. On Newgrounds. When it's like somebody just makes Mario LOL and gets a ton of views or like right, right. The horrible Metroid parodies that were on there for years. But like, you just kind of get over it. And it's like, if you want to make something original, just, just do it. Yeah. Like 
I mean, satire and like parody take stuff. Take a bath and you masturbate to furry porn and you get over oh. it. <laughs> I, I was That's just what like, Rhett did. And now yeah. he's in a much better place now. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Hunters would have done better if it had been labeled Metroid or whatever, or Project N33 as Star Fox, but right. I just wanted to make original things, and it's okay. And yeah. like, I get why people just gravitate naturally towards things that are kind of use the IPs that they recognize. It's a known quantity. It's yeah. It's a known quantity. Yeah, Cause, like... So I get where he's coming from, but like, holy fucking shit, did you pick the wrong fan work to post this comment on? Because yeah. the Fox in Space is fucking great. <laughs> it's it's really an incredible piece of work. It's like, yeah. badly animated? Are you out of your mind? People think it's, people think it's rotoscoped. It looks so good. Badly animated. <laughs> get out of here. You're a loser. Like, it's amazing looking, and it's funny, and, like, it's such a fucking crazy subversion of what people kind of expect from Star Fox. Yeah. And then all the fan service like, kind of wink and nod stuff, like, hey, can I see your legs? Which is, like, a reference to, like, the puppet models of the first SNES game had metal yeah. legs. Yeah. Like, it's, man. It's so crazy. Yeah. God. So the creator of that asked DMAC to do an interpretive reading of it, and I'm like... And T-Max said no, but I'm like, I know somebody who will read it. I will, yeah, yeah. That was that was a treat. I definitely do not have the gusto that D-Mac has, yeah. but uh, I think the message sort of gets across. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, dude. You'll get your just, you know, just put your amateur furry porn in space out there. <laughs> you'll find you'll find your audience. Don't worry. Don't worry. And plus, like with fan work stuff, they get like sued a lot. Yeah, they do. Takedown so notices like this. In space, it, yeah, this specifically like caught the ire of Nintendo a few months ago, and they were like, "You can't use our thing for your Patreon." And he almost had like had to kill it, which yeah. sucked. Because mm-hmm. this has been kicking around for like five years or something. Like I never thought it would come out. And, it, and like now, the timing that it did come out was kind of perfect with the new game coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to imagine he knew, and it was like, okay, I have to finish it by now because Star Fox is going to be hot. That's going to be like the time. Then, then, then the game is garbage. Yeah, it's so disappointing. So it's just this one episode of this new thing called the Fox in Space. Yeah, yeah, cool. And it's different from that animated Star yeah. Fox Zero movie. I think he was like bragging on Twitter that it has more views than that now. Yeah, that's amazing. Like it resonated with people way more. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. So we have any news? Eh, it's been a long episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I tell you what, uh, I would, uh, but we're gonna, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make an audible and say we're gonna skip user questions this week as well. Uh, oh. and we're we're gonna go ahead and just uh, get on out of here. My allergies are killing me, as you can okay. probably tell. Uh, we've been sitting here a while, so uh, we'll I'm we'll try and I'm falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll try and get uh, questions in next time. Uh, again, I don't know when the next episode is going to be. Just keep an eye on the next. Uh, you know, just keep an eye on the website, uh, you know, and I'll post an update there after the eye surgery and let you folks know like when the next episode will be and all of that. Um, and with that, we're gonna go ahead and get the hell out of here. Uh, John Thire, where are we finding you? <gasps> FarawayTimes.com. Rhett, where are we finding uh, you? Go to SocksMakePeopleSexy.net and do a Gen 6 list. That's right. Those were due, like, in a <laughs> week? No, they were due, like, two weeks ago, and I extended it for oh. until further notice. Oh. Cool. 
I figured okay. just get it done sometime in May. Yeah. yeah. But I thought I thought the deadline was June first. No, it was like May second. Whoops. Whoops. No, it's fine. I was not going. There's only five lists so far, so gotcha, gotcha. Okay. we need more people. We, we need more people to do lists. People. Including me. Including <laughs> I didn't me. do mine. I need to finish mine. I need uh, to finish mine. You can find me at my dumb website. We're going to peace on out of here. And remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you.